0: Okay, listen up. Before we start this, understand what it is. The Spartan Pledge is a battle drill. It's what to do when you don't know what to do. Remember that. Two things every warfighter needs is a battle buddy and a mission. To Repeat after me. I will not take my own life by my own hand. I, I will not, not take, take my, own own my own life by my own hand. hand until I talk to my battle buddy first. Until, until I talk to my battle buddy, buddy first. first. My mission, my mission, is to find a mission. Is to find a mission. mission to help my warfighter family. To, to help my warfighter family. family. Thank you. You've now taken the Spartan pledge. Don't let it die here. You are now authorized to go and tell other people, other warfighters. You don't take it for yourself, you take it for them. It's an agreement so they know where to go when they're having problems. Take this, go give it to others. All the way. Make it happen. give it to others make it happen
1: are you looking for veteran resources and peer support objective zero has an app for that download the objective zero app for free from the app store or google play access wellness resources like yoga and a free year subscription to headspace the world's most
0: popular meditation app check out veterans resources and access our nationwide network of peer support
1: Speak to fellow women veterans or someone in your field and branch of service. You get to choose who you want to chat with. Learn more at www.objectivezero.org. That's www.objectivezero.org.
2: This episode of Barracks Talk from DV Radio includes discussion about suicide, which uses blatant vocabulary that some may find hard to listen to for one reason or another. If you wish to stop the podcast at any point in time, it is understandable. If you need to reach out due to PTSD, depression, or some other mental illness derived from this episode, please do so immediately. Some resources to keep in mind are Objective Zero, which is available on iOS and Android mobile devices app stores, as well as online at ObjectiveZero.org. Battle in Distress, as well as the Veterans Crisis Line, which you can call at 1-800-273-8255. Press 1 after you're connected. You can also text the Veterans Crisis Line at 838-255. If you do not wish to contact any of the aforementioned resources or any we spoke about in the past, please do find somebody you feel comfortable speaking to. There is no shame and no harm to speak to somebody when you're hurting. Everybody always has a time when they need a shoulder to lean on. Please do enjoy this episode with retired First Sergeant Doug Rowe as we dive into these discussions. Please remember the views and opinions expressed by this show or any other show on DV Radio and its guests are strictly those of said individuals and do not reflect those of the DV Radio staff nor the staff of dysfunctional veterans. I am the first dick in your ear, Boner Wood. So it's going to be a hard one tonight. Now, God damn it, Bo. That's just not even fair. This is Barracks Talk. This is inside the net house, man. No? We got Sergeant Wardog. Oh, I just broke out of the rubber room, dog. The bacon man himself,
3: oink. You are truly putting the D in the B when it comes to DV radio.
2: Mr. Recall. I prefer to be referred to as belly and down. And don't know where the fuck Google is. I
3: told you it's my computer. It's not me. That's exactly how I feel. We
2: probably had a few too many to drink. You know what I'm saying? 20
3: bucks is 20 bucks. Can I get a thimble full of sweet baby rays, please? We don't have it. Saturday's right. gonna be even more entertaining. Illogical. Oh.
2: We still have the DV radio store for those wondering. Shit's still there. you can buy shit. Mine shit's good, okay?
3: Oh,
1: we haven't even gotten there yet. You
2: fucking got me there already. Love
3: and military barracks talking around this motherfucker. How's your back feeling after that penis reduction? Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're tuned in to WDVR on dvradio.net. Because this, this, is, this how is, is how it is on DV on radio. radio. That is how it is right here on WDVR, dvradio.net. It's July 9th, 2022. I'm Bonner Wood. I think we've got Oink and JJ in here at the moment. <laughs>
3: What's up? There's a couple of us assholes over here floating around. Yep, yep.
2: <laughs> uh. We're supposed to have a guest. I don't know if JJ yeah, is able Yeah, he's waiting to get for a link. link, bro. Well, I can't send him the link because I've got to do something really quick. <laughs> well, so I was uh, going to say, if you'd let me I'll finish, DV6, him, if you'd let me finish DV6, if you'd let me finish DV6, I've got to piss. Joe,
4: we got sleepy Bo tonight. I've got a, I've got
2: to piss. And then you guys talk amongst yourselves and I'll be right back. Talk,
4: talk amongst yourselves <laughs> while you urinate. oh wait how do i fucking invite somebody damn it bo uh down at the bottom usually uh let's see reactions chats uh chat chat, record on this computer live transcript reactions recognize hand gesture recognize hand gestures i can flip (laughs) this thing the bird it's yunk too (laughs) sweet oh wait maybe it's under participants Copy invite link, yay! Invite link has been added. Hi, guys, welcome to DV Radio. Bo was asleep. <laughs> I'll throw his ass under the bus. <laughs> Being as he slept like an hour in the last week, I don't feel bad for you know, I mean, I'm like, I don't blame him, you know what I'm saying? Oh, no, no kid. I mean, I feel a little bad that I woke his ass up, however. Well somebody had to do it. I mean right, yeah. It's <laughs> so it's not like we don't have a weekly fucking radio show that he bitches about nobody showing up for and then sleeps over.
3: <laughs> well it wouldn't be DV radio if somebody or something didn't fucking happen. Right? Right? <laughs> there
4: wasn't snoring involved.
3: Hey, 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 I hold that title, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> All right, let me
4: get my Gmail going here.
5: Gmail, email. Somebody, somebody, somebody give me my Gmail.
4: Oh my goodness. Okay. Let's see. I've never used my computer to do this. Like, seriously. How, how do I, how do I write an email on a, on a laptop? What planet is this?
2: Yeah. What's going
4: on? Huh? Did you just wake up?
2: Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, my mom's in here.
4: Hi mom. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm sending a link via the emails. Wow, is this how you kids do it these days? <laughs> That's amazing. What a technology is a miracle. I'm amazed, wow.
3: <laughs> a lot quicker than the USPS, let me tell you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Elvis <laughs> Fester said, hey mama. Sorry, I just seen that when I looked at my computer. Anyway, yes, I was asleep. Yes, I've got like an hour of sleep all week. Fuck.
4: How you guys doing?
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Shit. I, uh, I built a new desk, uh, a new um, gaming desk today, which I am broadcasting from. Very nice. And uh, it has it has lights. It's got like... like you know, uh, what do they call it? RGB. You know those, well, it's got RGB. LED strips. You know, the cars. You, yeah. You know, the cars. <laughs> Neon. That like, are, yeah. Like are lowered and they got like, what do they call it? Lowriders. What do they call that? <laughs> street accents or some shit where, you know, they got the lights yeah. underneath the car around the edges. The yep. desk has that. So it's like a lowrider. Nice. Then you, can, you have this little fucking remote control and you can make it flash and blink and. And fade in and out slowly And do all kinds of crazy shit Nice And she can change the color Ooh It's nice. purple now Now it's green Now it's red Nice Now all it's right. yellow
2: So hold on a second I didn't know that my fucking discord was open So I'll close that before it fucks up with my My, my fucking My, my, my uh, what, voice meter See what
4: happened was <laughs> Hey, been... Yeah What?
2: That's... So wait, is he on a phone? Is Doug on a phone? <laughs> Doug's probably on his phone. Okay, is that Doug? I'm here. Yep,
6: this is okay. Doug. I'm
2: here.
4: Hey, good evening, brother. Good
2: evening. So how so long we
4: relate, late? Uh, the producer <laughs> fell asleep. I was
2: getting, I was getting ready to ask how long we got Doug because uh, I might have to take another nap during the show. <laughs> <laughs>
5: So it actually all worked out in my favor. I'm actually still driving, but I'm within minutes of getting home. I left Phoenix way later than I wanted to. And there's one spot where I always drop calls. I'm like, it's inevitable. This is when it's going to start. I'm going (laughs) to drop the call. But yeah, we should be good to go now.
4: Nice.
2: Well, if anything happens, you've got the invite so you can hop back in whenever, if you need to wait until you get home or whatever. We totally understand.
4: Yeah, right. especially yeah, since, no, you know, be, I'll be the home in less than a minute now. You know, since the host, like, you know, sleeps in past the beginning of the show and shit, you're not going <laughs> to live this down. No, I won't.
6: At
2: least I'll not fall <laughs> asleep on air. True. <laughs> it's true. I'd rather fall asleep off air before the show, be a minute and a half late, than be on air, fall asleep, and not even respond to anybody. But
4: you mean you don't want to pull an oink? <laughs>
2: No, I do not.
4: <laughs> Especially seeing
2: as how it's all ran through my computer and it would fucking die if I did that. <laughs> so, funny story. You calling
4: your mom like, go wake Bo up. <laughs> funny,
2: funny story. Years ago, when I first started DB Radio, I was not in charge of it. So one of our old hosts, when we were changing hosts every damn week because, you know, we had that big buckle, but uh, dude falls asleep during a 24-hour stream and the radio is basically silent for like 12 hours and it's recording static the entire <laughs> time. He won't answer nah. us. That it
4: reminds awesome. me of my college radio days. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> so true dead
3: air for 12 hours, even.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. It's, uh, we, oh, got it. we, we had a DJ named Goob who Goob. would do 24 hour shows. Like he would, he would just tell everybody he wanted to do another, and he'd do fundraisers and shit, but he did do 24 hour shows. And, uh, he fell asleep at like 2 30 in the morning. I woke up at like five and turned on the radio to check on him and heard nothing. And I'm calling the station, calling anybody who lived closer than me because it was going to take me half an hour to get there. And uh, somebody went and woke him up, but it's not the first time it's happened. Yeah. Live on FM broadcast though. That's always entertaining. Hmm. On the internet. It's like, uh, it's the internet. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was a twelve thousand watt radios radio, radio <laughs> broadcast. I was about to say
2: that that was like some max headroom shit right there. That's, yeah. that's
4: <laughs> back in the day, we actually burned out our our transmitter and bought a uh, army surplus transmitter, uh, an emergency comms transmitter from the army that was from like nineteen sixty eight to get our radio station back up and running. That's bad, as far as I know. As far as I know, that thing's still running. K E O L Lagrand in legrand, Oregon, at Eastern Oregon University.
2: Hey, you need to you need to go tell them that we need that. Um, we- right? <laughs> hey, we need.
4: We, so you can broadcast to Mount Airy and uh, it's Southern funny. West Virginia.
2: It's actually funny. We've got a AM station here in WSYD, and they'll basically let you like. Do whatever type of show as long as you follow SCC protocols, but I'm like, no, um, yes,
4: won't let me be me, yeah. So,
2: so let me see, (laughs) shut shut me down on the MTV, so empty without me. Uh, for That's you kids okay. that don't know i'm, I'm not going down that rabbit hole <laughs> anyway um google's supposed to be here i forgot to pull a soundbite for her today uh, because DV6 left today, okay. I need to update I you on DV6. DV6.
4: He did not even ask to come see.
2: Scott well, well, I need to update you guys contract. on the situation with DV6 and everything uh, going on there. So, I posted on the farm page today that uh, DV6 needs help getting to Colorado. Um, yeah, funds are really tight right now. He needs gas to go the rest of the way from basically West Virginia to Colorado. That's the first thing. So if you can help him with any donations, you can go over to the DV farm Facebook page. It is posted at the top. It's pinned at the top. I'll also uh, put that graphic and the link to directly to DV sixes, PayPal on the website. Uh, if not today, tomorrow. Um, the reason we are so tight on funds is the truck is basically uh, broken uh the trailer is broken uh his body is broken he lost all his food um because the refrigerator went out um everything is just and, like, it's bad right
4: and it, inflation—it's—it's—it's
2: it's, it's really bad right now. Like I'm not even joking. He's in a shit ton of pain. Um, so it's—it's. It's, he came in here just pouring sweat because of the pain this morning, and it wasn't even ten o'clock. And I know it wasn't that hot outside. And DV six. I know when he's in pain, he's—he's he's not eating much, and he's in a lot of pain from—he's uh, sweating because he's in a lot of pain. And I mean, he—it looked like he just got out of the damn. Rain shower, like it was that bad. I mean, so I have to
4: say it was 90, like 95% humidity this morning. So
2: I know that, but if you know DD6 the way I do, um, yeah, he could he couldn't even sit down without making a noise, like I'm talking about screaming noise, like it was that bad. So if you can help us get gas money for DD6 to get to Colorado. Everything will be okay. I promise. <laughs> we'll get there one way or another, but it'll be a lot quicker and a lot easier if you guys can help us. And if you are going to put yourself out, do not donate. I'm telling you right now. I know some of you feel bad because you can only donate a dollar five. Don't do it if you don't have the money. I'll say again: Do not donate if you do not have the money. I'm not even joking about that. I'm being dead-ass serious. I don't want to see you guys in a bad position because you donated. So only if you have the extra funds and you feel like you want to help DV6 get to Colorado for the vet fest, then and only then uh, should you donate. Okay? That's it. That's it. And the PayPal (laughs) link, like I said, is on the post that is pinned to the top on the Facebook page. And it will also be on the DV farm website. Um, he was going to do a video yesterday, but he came in and he was, he was bad. Like he was in so much pain because the VA, we've talked about it basically at length with Google here on the show. And when DV six has been on, um, it's bad. I'm I'm telling you guys, it's bad. If if DV six does not talk to me after five o'clock when he's here at my house, it's fucking bad. And that's what's been happening since he's been here. He's bad. He he doesn't want to really eat because he doesn't have an appetite. I mean, he'll force himself to eat because you you got to eat something, right? Um, but it, it's it's damn bad, like. <laughs> So Hmm. don't get mad at him because he's not doing video updates every five seconds like he normally does and all that. Um, He's going to try his damnedest, I believe, tomorrow or Monday to let everybody know where he's at on the stops out to Colorado like he normally does. Um, But again, if he doesn't, please don't be upset with him. Just try to bear with us right now. We've got real limited staff it's just, it's bad. He's got to worry about the truck, the trailer, everything else. Like, it's been a shit show. Um, so, hopefully. It's
3: going to be one of these fucking weeks, if you know what I'm saying. Oh,
2: everybody. dude, it's already been one of those weeks. <laughs> it's already weeks. started. What are you talking about? Like, it's bad. I mean, I've got, I'm dealing with some stuff here at home that I'll talk to you and, and JJ about offline. Like, I just want oh, to scream of Barely slept, I, like that was no joke. I barely slept this week, so oh my god, like fuck. Then we getting ready for this game-a-thon and I'm up till like four this morning playing that bullshit. Um, not in a bad way for anybody that's listening from Affinity, not. But that's a, I want to love them guys. It helped clear my mind while I was playing with them. You know that I don't I mean you've done oh the, yeah done the PlayStation thing, and and I'm like. I need to fucking do something. So I got in with them during Affinity Friday last night. Uh, we done their thing on Twitch. Then we switched over to Overwatch, like I said, to get ready for this game a And I, I, t- I told Chris, I was like... Which,
4: uh, was which like, version of Overwatch are you guys playing?
2: It's the first one right now. The
4: original? Really? Yeah. I I play that. On PC? No.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're no, on PC. No,
4: I don't play it. PC.
2: <laughs> um, but we're getting ready to try
4: console peasant. God damn it. We're, we're going to be
2: doing PC, uh, PCs, PC, on PC. We're going to be doing the second season of overwatch before long. Um, probably within a week. Cause actually, one, we want to start nice. doing competitions and we're going to start doing more with affinity and DV farm and fundraisers. And we want to do more with this game is on. So
4: nice. I, I can actually play. Overwatch on this laptop. So maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll download that shit. Like I don't have enough crap to do. I know, right? (laughs) Oh, dude, I'm trying to
2: stretch without stretching because if if I stretch like you normal fuckers, like it fucking hurts. So, oh, anyway, um, yeah, so we've got so much going on. But if, if you're here because you wanted to hear the update on the farm, um, that, that's what it is. Uh, it's, We'll we'll get DV6 out there one way or another. We'll get DV6 out to Colorado. He's trying to get there by, I think, next Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is that
4: when VetFest is?
2: That's when he's got to check in. I don't know the exact date of VetFest. I think
4: it was the
3: 23rd. Don't but don't quote me on that. Yeah,
2: I, I think he said it was the week after he has to be there. Um, But yeah, it's funds are really tight. And nobody's,
4: it, look, nobody's buying anything right now because everybody's worried about their next tank of gas and groceries.
2: Exactly. And, and that's the thing, you know, he, he can't make it out there just on his stuff alone. So as in his own funds, because I think a lot of what he's been doing has been on his own funds. Um, And then, you know, the trucks breaking down again, the RVs breaking down again, we got gas issues we got food issues It's man. sorry Doug that you chose tonight to come on the show
3: Um, (laughs) it's all good it's real
2: life I'm going to tell you right now it wouldn't be TV radio if we didn't have some bullshit like this going on we are dysfunctional as fuck but Jesus Christ (laughs) (laughs) I, I fucking go to sleep my phone don't go off my mom's like, I didn't hear it go off if it did. I was like, I know it did not go off. And I was like, <laughs> JJ called me and he was like, Are you asleep? And I'm like, or no, he I was like, he he asked me if uh we had a power outage and I looked at my mom and I was like, pretty sure I wouldn't have answered the phone if we had a power outage. Um and she went, well, Oh shit. <laughs> I
4: know you usually you I know you have like an actual heartline phone. So I was hoping you had one of the old, you know. The old ones that, uh, well, was, see, I guess I it wouldn't be a rotary dial, but a push button, at least those were still powered by the phone lines.
2: Well, I've got the cordless phones and I'm trying to find me an old rotary phone. So all I have to do is plug it into the phone jack and I ain't yeah. got to worry about the goddamn, machine. um, yeah. that way I can have it and oh, this is stupid I know but I've got that drawer stand over here beside me I'm going to set mm-hmm. the rotary phone inside my dresser and then when the power goes out I'll have my phone still so I can tell <laughs> you <finished> assholes <laughs> <laughs> yep oh, dude I missed that so much I know I, right
4: that was the best sound ever I
2: was going to get me one me I, I seen one the other day. It was the old school rotary dial payphone. And I was like, oh, yeah. Click on it with touch tone technology. I went, you can go oh. fuck yourself. That defeats the purpose of the rotary fucking dial blah, style. Blah, blah,
6: blah, like, blah, what the fuck? Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> a face we haven't seen in a minute in here. I say face, but it's a, it's a, it's a name. We got res place.
4: Red's here. <laughs> Ready. How are you doing, Red? A huge huge public thank you. She sent me an email congratulating me on a new house and a $50 gift certificate or gift card to Home Depot. And she bought my new shower head this morning. So, Red, I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you. It was much needed because my shower head exploded yesterday. And in this weather, in a shop with no AC, I cannot afford not to shower every day. I'm just saying. I mean, I could not shower every day, but everybody would move out. <laughs>
6: oh my God. Your big deck
3: won't help you on that one, huh?
4: All right. I mean, hey, look, my deck is huge. I'm talking. I mean, I've got fucking acreage, but nobody wants a shreddy deck. You know what we, I'm saying?
2: We've missed G-Red. I actually asked. I think it was a few months ago. I asked, "Dylan, I was like, where's everybody at?' Red and all them. You were the first one I named, so <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, we we met you too. Um Oh, I do need to mention Byte Tag. If you don't know what Byte Tag is, it's it's pretty badass. And I need to find my notes so I don't screw that one up. I already screwed up the show. I was starting two minutes late because I had to fall asleep and not fucking anything with went... me. Anyway, if you go over to BiteTag.com, you'll never have to pay a yearly subscription fee to track your pet. That's right. It's a dog tech that you buy once, don't have any subscription fees, and you can track your pet. Now, this isn't your traditional GPS tracking. You cannot log into an account and go, oh, there's my dog. Oh, there's my putty cat. That's not how this works. It has a RFD, NFT, some type of scanner thing on the back of it. I can't remember what it's called. Um, anyway, if your pet goes on an adventure, say you're, you're a, a person who has a service dog, your service dog handler, right? And you go down and you're in the middle of the city and your service dog goes with somebody else or it just gets lost it happens right animals have instincts somebody can scan your pet's tag and you get it notified of where your pet is you can go find your pet now virtually these never break me personally i'm gonna say get a couple because we know how some dogs and cats are and how rough they are and where they go when they go on their little adventures. Um, but they also have silicon uh, tags that you can get also. Uh, but if you go over there at ByteTag.com, you can use the code DVRADIO15 and you can get 15% off. And yes, that means we do get a commission when you make a purchase with that code or you can use the banner right here at the bottom of dvradio.net slash chat that says click to get 15 percent off of your byte tag use that it should show up at the end but if it doesn't just type in dvradio15, five and you'll get your 15 percent off i use it scab uses it i don't know if jj's gotten any yet i don't know if points gotten yeah, any yeah
4: um, I'm, I'm, I'm behind the power
3: curve I just got a couple here, of mangy so. cats that stick around the house You know how
2: they are
3: <laughs> <laughs> They leave mm, You know yeah. Yeah.
2: And smelly pussies that just show up out of I nowhere. Uh,
3: Story of my fucking life right there,
2: buddy. Let me tell you.
3: Dab,
4: smelly pussy. <laughs> you need know. a new shower head.
2: Oh, <laughs> 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 well, so that's com. Use DB Radio 15 at checkout or click the banner on our website to get 15% off your entire purchase. And we do appreciate it if you do that. Um. Someone donated a hundred dollars. Allison DV6 wanted me to thank you for him for that hundred dollar donation. I don't know when that happened, awesome. but he just messaged us in chat and said they donated it and to thank you. Oh, you hey, added this, JJ a tank. to the
4: to the chat
2: there i don't know
4: the it's,
2: end. it's dv6 so um
4: wait wait red saying any of you watched god's favorite idiot well we watch dv6 all the time
2: i was about to say we were just talking about it did you not hear that like, i'm babysitting him in chat while we do the show so um <laughs>
4: That was mean.
2: I shouldn't say that about six. No, it's not. Put him down. <laughs> You're
4: it. right. He is God's favorite. <laughs>
2: many many accidents as he's had with the chainsaw and the truck and the tractor, and, and he's still still walking.
4: I'm Can't still Can't kill standing. a man. He's a zombie.
2: Yeah, that Elton John song.
1: I'm still standing.
2: There's my there's my radio. My mom hit the thing. I think. What the? we got new radios that, that is, is
4: life bothered. alert Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: have a new phrase from the show pleasurably sauna made me think of all y'all especially with the new shower head <laughs> i have to find out what God's place favorite we is we don't
4: need to <laughs> I'm just saying we're going to make we're going to make Doug blush so. my
2: mom just ran in here and she peeked around the corner and went not bad <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord. Okay. So, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Doug, you still there, brother? I am here. So, you've heard all of our shenanigans, how dumb we are, how dysfunctional (laughs) we are, how much we don't give a damn about rules. Um,
6: Yeah. (laughs)
2: I'm going to let uh, J.J. take the lead, but please tell us before uh, he goes into, quote unquote, interviewing you, um, who you are, a little bit about your military history and uh, why the fuck you decided to choose this show of all shows (laughs) to to join.
5: (laughs) Well, if we go all the way back to the beginning. I was partially in my dad and my mom. They did what they did. And I married up with myself. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) okay, so uh, I've been there for 12 years, I know how that is. (laughs) Wait, what
4: (laughs) (laughs) anyway? Longest pregnancy ever,
5: (laughs) yeah. Somewhere in 1972, some people hooked up. I came along in '73. Now I'm on the deal with you guys. Um, I guess there's a few things in between, Nice, nice, but uh, so yeah, I joined the uh, the guard the National Guard in 91, the Army side of it. I joined as a junior in high school under what's called the split-up program. So I started drilling one weekend a month, uh, my junior year in high school. Then summer break came around, and I took my trip to Fort Sill, Oklahoma for basic training. Then finished basic, came back to Arizona, continued drilling one weekend a month throughout my senior year, Finished my senior year, graduated, went back to Fort Sill, Oklahoma for AIT, then back to Arizona and continued drilling one weekend a month up until um, that was in 91 I started. 2003 was the big change. So Afghanistan kicks off in 01, Iraq kicks off in 03. The Air Force is deploying their security forces at such a high rate, they don't have enough security forces back home to stand the gates and watch the flight lines. So they decide to mobilize a shit ton of national guard all across the country. And I happen to get swooped up in that. So I get sent out to Luke air force base, which was all of about maybe 40, 45 minutes from my house. I'm an E five at this point. Um, First taste of active duty money since AIT. And my wife says, "Um, I'm teaching with two master's degrees and you're making more money than me. You need to figure out how to keep doing this.
6: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Now, when I signed
5: up to, I do this one week in a month. But at any rate, um, did that from January of 03 to November of 04. So just shy of two years. While I was there, I made e six. Um, how many army guys do we have in here?
2: Me, just me right now. DD six is army, but he's, he's in right. West Virginia so, out.
5: Prepare to laugh at me. So again, I am on an air force base. I make mm-hmm. e six. I'm at parade rest, getting my rank pounded into my collar. Cause we're still in BDUs. We hadn't, uh, fully changed over to ACUs yet. Um, so I'm, I'm in my BDUs or pounding my rank into my, my collarbones. Next thing I know, the freaking Air Force NCOs are getting in line. I'm like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> oh, one team, one fight, Sergeant. <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I got the shit beat out of me that day by the Air Force. Thanks, oh guys. Oh, my
3: God. <laughs> I'm sure so it didn't hit is. that much. Trust me, I work with the guys all the time. Uh,
4: so, <laughs> it had to have been volume, not force. It was, it was just that yes. there were like 60 of them because none of them can hit any harder than a poop. So. Yeah, I
2: mean, they're, they all, they're all on chairs 99% of the time. So,
5: Well, anyway, so that was coming to an end. They needed volunteers to go play Op 4 out at Fort Irwin, so I volunteered for that. That gave me another almost six months of active duty pay. And while I was out there, I applied for an active duty position with the Arizona Guard and wound up getting it. So I came back from Fort when somewhere in 05. Uh, I think June of 05 is my official start date in the AGR program. And then did that all the way up until I just I had my retirement ceremony in April. I'm technically not fully retired until uh, July 31st. I'm just on my terminal leave right now. But that's where I'm at, finished up as a first sergeant, um, did uh, a full tour to Afghanistan 0708, uh 15 months altogether, 12 months in theater. Then my last deployment, as it's called on paper, but it was really more of a vacation. I got sent to Kuwait um, and spent most of the year in Kuwait. I was actually only in Afghanistan for a month and a half. So that was that was pretty easy duty there, but in a nutshell, that's that's me and my military career anyway.
2: Very nice. Well, it's it's nice to have you on here. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, before again, before I let JJ continue, uh, if you missed the post, it is like a really bad storm headed my way. If we go out, I'll try to be back up as soon as possible. If it's more than fifteen minutes we will finish this show all four of us including doug if he's able to hopefully by tuesday or wednesday for you guys and we'll have it up on podcast so if we go down give us like five minutes if it's more than 15 minutes we're not doing the show so um that being said jj the floor is yours good sir
4: oh dear lord No, the floor belongs to the dogs we're just clicking all over the place (laughs) knuckleheads mama just got home so they're all excited so anyway i met this guy uh through worldwide woodturners which is a virtual woodturning club we meet on wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern and um i i was just like oh cool active duty army is also woodturning so i you know kind of uh we've talked back and forth and doug just recently joined tiktok and um what impressed me the most is that we have a active duty, uh, or had—he's retiring—active duty Army member who was also a wood turner, and uh, it kind of piqued my interest. And and something that I'm working on, and I'm cooking on the back burner, is a new radio show about um, veterans and or active duty who use woodworking and, and then expanding into art to help deal with PTSD. So, uh I got to know Doug a little bit through the through the group and then a little bit more through TikTok. And we had a great conversation on the phone yesterday and I'm looking forward to uh just continuing to, to uh develop a uh a relationship and, and a friendship with Doug. But again, what really interests me is I got out in 2011. Bo, when did you get out?
2: 2011.
4: Yeah. Oink. Retired in 13. Okay. So we've all been out for at almost 10 years or more. And um, so I wanted to, to kind of bring Doug in and talk to him and just talk about uh, people who are retiring right now, what they're seeing, what what they're, what their experience is because it's a little bit more up to date and there's been some significant world changes since we got out. And um, I just thought it would be fun to bring him in and, and talk about whatever he wants to talk about and where he's going in the future. And this is a guy who is doing what we did, you know, 10 years ago. And, uh, and maybe, maybe we can share some, some perspective to him since he's, he's, just going through that door and maybe he can share some perspectives to us that'll help us kind of uh remember um the troops and and uh, get a little snapshot of where they're at right now so doug thanks for joining us and i appreciate you doing it on short notice um, Yeah. my first question i thought and this is my mistake i thought you had you were retiring as master sergeant um so. well
5: okay so kind of am so i'm okay I, so here's where it gets a little weird as we cross the different services so in the army you are a first sergeant when you're when you're doing your command tour right and then maybe again later on if you if you make enough rank you make command sergeant major and your command sergeant major while you're in your command with that battalion commander or brigade commander so but there can only be one kind of like the highlander right there can only be one so once i did my change of responsibility ceremony meaning I stepped out of the first sergeant role and my replacement came in, I had to take the diamond off and put oh. master sergeant back on. Okay. When you retire, you retire at the highest rank held. And although okay. first sergeant and master sergeant are both E8, first sergeant's considered kind of like that, that a little bit higher respect, if you will. Right. It's like um, a
4: corporal versus a, a, a specialist. Specialist. Yep.
5: Yeah. Both E force, right? Yeah. So my once I get my retirement ID card, it's gonna say first sergeant, you know, and and all of that. But for the last uh whatever it was, month, month and a half that I was still, you know, going to work Monday through Friday and going to drill one week in a month, I was wearing the master sergeant rank because the new first sergeant had come in.
2: Ah. You can also so look at it as like a warrant officer, like an NCO who went to warrant officer school and was warrant officer for however long. They stepped down from warrant officer and went back to NCO and then retired. They'll retire
4: as a warrant officer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's see. that's, this is something I didn't know about the army. So cool.
5: And my ego is not that big. So I do not need to be called first sergeant. I'm good with Doug. Dougie. Oh shit, fucker. we ain't gonna call you by your rank here. Come on, <laughs>
2: no, we can call you asshole or dickwad or something.
5: <laughs> you know, I really, I'm really attached to fucker because I was called fucker for so many years. I'm kind of cool. With that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind fucker. of the yeah, it's sorry. kind
4: of the universal generic military term for a fellow service member is fucker. Yeah. You know, let's <laughs> yeah. hear you. Yeah. fucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, see I knew you, I knew Doug would fit. I even though like we can't cuss and shit at the worldwide wood turner meetings. It's you know it's a bunch of old guys. But I just knew that Doug would fit right in with the dysfunctional crew. Like immediately <laughs> it was like this guy needs to, we need to hook up with this guy. So my next question Doug is first of all how long you been wood turning or or doing any kind of woodworking.
5: So, uh picked up wood turning in 2016. Okay. Um uh, kind of funny how it started was was so I was that guy in your neighborhood that if there was a square inch of room on my yard between Thanksgiving and Christmas it had a Christmas decoration on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when the neighbors couldn't turn on their power it's because I had it all in my front yard so at any rate I kind of gotten bored over the years with all my Christmas decorations so, so are I'm you the
2: real there, life here, Tim Taylor
5: kind (laughs) of so uh so i'm on youtube and i punch in homemade uh yard decorations or something to that effect i'm sure i probably threw christmas in there somewhere just to kind of get my interest up and find some sort of new decorations to make and i come across a guy making a christmas tree on a lathe i was like man that looks cool So I go and show my wife. I'm like, hey, check this video out. It's pretty cool. And she goes, oh, wow, that's awesome. Can you make that? Well, I don't have that tool. What is it? It's called a lathe. So next thing you know, on Craigslist, shopping around, bought my first lathe. Had no idea what I was doing. Um, Almost killed my dog because I used drywall screws to put a log on there. Don't do that. They will break. (laughs) (laughs) My dog looked at me like, I thought you loved me. But, uh, at any rate, yeah. So 2016, I got started, um, on my last appointment, I saved up my pennies and bought my really, really nice lathe that I have now. And like I said, I spent most of it in Kuwait and right there on uh, camp Patriot. I had a Dunkin' Donuts and a, an PX and everything. And every time I'd go buy a coffee, my wife would send me a message that you were saving up for a lathe. So you're buying a Dunkin' Donuts again. <laughs> So nice. definitely was not a harsh deployment in any way, shape, or form. Uh, nothing like the 0708 one. But yeah, that that's how I got started in wood turning, Christmas decorations.
2: So did you ever get uh the leg lamp finished?
5: Did I ever get the what finished?
2: The leg lamp.
5: <laughs> leg lamp. I'm not following from, father- from from no.
4: Christmas vacation. Oh, no, oh, no. Or no, 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 yeah, Christmas, Christmas story, Christmas
5: story, Christmas story, Christmas story, yeah, Christmas story. Don't yeah, <laughs> shut your eye out. Um, <laughs> I have not made one of those, but now that you say that, <laughs> oh, next project, don't believe Funny,
3: funny thing, thing. idea
2: here. <laughs> so, so funny thing. I think it was last Christmas or the Christmas prior. My little brother hates that movie, and me and my mom have to watch it every single year. It and Christmas Vacation are like. The two top ones. And then it's it's a wonderful life every Christmas. It's just our, our little tradition we've done since I was a kid. Anyway, we give him hell about that leg lamp every year when the movie comes on. So I, being the big lovable brother that I am, had to go find the Christmas story leg lamp. Well, the real life-size leg lamp is like 500 bucks. You can go fuck yourself. (laughs) I found one that's maybe eight inches tall for 20 bucks. And I was like, we've got to do this like on the movie. So we found a wooden crate. We got the straw And everything. We put it all in this in this crate. He comes in here on Christmas Day. He's all smiling. He's like, oh, what's this? Opens it up. It's a damn leg lamp. And he's like, (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) couldn't say a word. (laughs)
6: It's
4: classic. That That is classic. Too funny. I love it. Okay. So um Like I was saying earlier, I met you through Worldwide Woodturners, and uh, WWW does a really cool program where we make pens that are donated to active duty service members. Tell us a little about that.
5: So Freedom Pens. So basically, these guys all across the country, and I can actually say around the world because the guy over in England sent me some stuff, too. He said, we have enough American service members over here in England. I want to contribute. Okay. So, nice. um, every now and again, I go out to the mailbox and there's a new box of pens in there. And these things range anywhere from that's pretty cool to how in the hell did you make this? It's so freaking awesome. <laughs> um, and I just, I hand them out to the, to the troops, both the army and air national guard. Um, cause that's my connections and uh yeah it's just really cool and then a few other people in the club now have stepped up and we've kind of divided up the services of you know if you have a preference of where you want your pen to go to do you want it to put in the hands of a sailor a marine an airman um a soldier then we kind of divided it up and they know who to send the pens to i
4: think we even have a coast guard connection don't we
5: yes we and a space force (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait! Everyone lying. Wait! I can't believe he went there.
3: <laughs> Does it ride upside down? <laughs> zero gravity.
2: The first zero gravity said,
3: pin. They only
4: accept the zero gravity ones. <laughs>
2: you all remember that commercial for the zero gravity pin what was it the 90s yep. right oh my yeah, god.
4: <laughs> god i can't believe he said space force oh shit.
5: yeah now i can't think of the guy's name but he's up there in uh colorado actually
4: yeah oh nice no i know yeah I know you're talking. Well, and, and I've got a connection in Colorado, too. If, if I needed to, I could send pens there and get them to Fort Cartoon and uh, Peterson Air Force Base um, and probably the Academy. Just
6: well,
3: you because- remember uh, Clear Air Force Base up here in Alaska, right, JJ? Yeah.
4: yeah. Now it is Clear
3: Air St- Air Station or some shit. Air Force Air Base. I don't know. The- some Something to do with the Space Force. Yeah. Space really? Station. That's what it was. Clear Space Station. What did they?
4: clear used to run the dew line out up uh, out on the slope. Well, what, what what happened to all those dew line stations? Uh, who knows? This is cold. <laughs> We're talking Cold War shit here, folks. Look, yeah. if you didn't grow up in the '80s, you have no clue. <laughs> oh my God! I can remember. I mean, in high school we did two different kinds of drills, and and elementary school, I all the way through. We did earthquake drills where everybody got under your desk. And we did nuclear attack drills because um, is, in spite of uh, uh, Sarah, what's her name's hyperbole, Russia's right there. I mean, within, within 20 minute flight distance of Russia is Alaska. And uh, they scrambled fighters. I mean, I can remember watching fighters scramble from Elmendorf to support the fighters that were scrambling from Eilson to go no. intercept Soviet bombers. This was my entire childhood watching this happen. And uh, so we had something called the Dew Line and Clear Air Force Base, which is literally you're not in the middle of nowhere, but you can fucking see it from there. (laughs) And uh, Clear was like the like Clear was the uh, what's the what's that little base out east of Peterson that nobody knows about, but. Cheyenne. But no, 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 no. That's what no, I know. I know. Southwest what about and I can't anyway, there's a little Shriver, Shriver, Shriver yes. Air Force Shriever. Base. <laughs> Shriver, Shriver Air Force Base has neighbor has all kinds of housing and everything. Nobody lives in them. Really? They're not really houses. Really? Yeah. Remember those fields yes, in North Dakota <laughs> that used to have all those weird things in the ground <laughs> that they're at Shriver Air Force Base now? Just oh, saying.
2: Before before you go any further, Red said, "I don't understand. JJ and others is turning and donating pens."
4: Yeah, we make pens, send them to certain points of contact, who then give them to active duty service members.
2: Uh, I just wanted you just to clarify little, that, so everybody yeah, it's would just understand.
4: it's like uh, um, around Christmas time on the ship, we used to get cookie, we used to get boxes of cookies, just donated. And they'd be like, every division gets X number of boxes. Cause we got 300 of them and everybody would go get four boxes of cookies, take them and share them with everybody. It's the same kind of thing. So, um, but I can tell you, I would have loved when I was on active duty because pens were premium. Like, like you held on to a good pen.
2: I was about I to say, have, that's all we worried about was pens.
4: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have my hands on a handmade pen that like just, here, this was donated because you're on active duty. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. And anytime makes,
2: somebody wanted one, you gave them the shit pin that you had. You never right, gave them your yeah, the the good one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it said
3: U.S. government on the side. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, don't,
2: I don't care how long you knew that person and what you'd all been through. You always gave them the shit
4: pin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Doug, um, my question now is you're retiring, you're, you're, you're retarded. Um, (laughs) where are you going from here? you you've got just a little bit less than a month Mm -hmm. left of free money from the government. Um, and then, then what are your plans?
5: So I went ahead and finally finished my bachelor's degree right before I retired. Nice. And then, uh, so in Arizona, the only real uh, requirement to be a substitute school teacher is a bachelor's degree and then of course pack a back back pass a background check. Um, so that's why I decided to do. I'm just gonna go be a substitute school teacher.
4: Yeah, well you've been on D V radio, so you just failed your background. Yeah, you just degree. failed everything. <laughs> um, me. You Shut yourself now. Sorry. Yeah.
5: yeah. <laughs> you're gonna go on a list. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So, one of those yeah, so no take backs. <laughs> it's definitely not a lot of money, but so ironically enough, originally I wanted to be a teacher. Um, specifically, wanted to just teach PE, coach wrestling. You know, wear my shorts and t-shirt to work every day, and then, um, well, I had my first child, and that changed things. I was like, wow, <laughs> I guess I need to really go get a real job because I had to finish school, year. and I was just you know a seasonal coach and a labor construction worker and a guardsman one week in a month. And then my uh, surprise, you're going to be a dad, came along. <laughs> and um, so I went to work, and then uh, everything worked out. I never did do a paternity test, but I am pretty certain my wife is the mother. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> See, what oh. the
4: happened was. <laughs> I love that.
2: <laughs> I, I'm the asshole that would be like, I don't know if she's a mom or not. I can't. Can't remember what happened nine months ago, okay? I was out of it.
5: <laughs> but at any rate, uh, we stuck it out. We got married. We had a second child. Uh, when our second kid was born, she took a year off just because even back then, I mean, he's just turned 21 in April, our youngest. And uh, back when he was a baby, daycare was expensive. And we kind of realized like, hey, we're, we're just working to pay daycare. This is kind of stupid. So my wife stayed home for a full year and, um, and then she was ready to go back to work and she did. And I was working for enterprise rent-a-car at the time. And I remember coming home just so pissed off at everybody and everything. And I said, I hate my job. I hate everything about it. It's the fakest thing I have to do all day long. It's not who I am. I want to be a teacher. And my wife was and still is in education and she was a teacher And I said, you've gone back to work. I have like two years left of school to get done and I'll get my teaching degree. That's what I'm doing. So we pinched our pennies and we're making it happen. And I was actually in school when uh, my guard unit got mobilized to go out to the air force base I was talking about. So then I just went on active duty at that point, like I said, in some form or fashion and eventually landed the AGR position. So I never went back to school. I was making plenty of money and whatever. But then I was getting near the end, and I knew I wasn't going to have any education benefits when I got out because I uh, transferred my post-9-11 to my oldest son. My youngest decided to go into the trades, doesn't really care about college right now. My oldest is has since finished his bachelor's degree now and is in dental school. So um, I should be an old man with really good teeth. Um, <laughs> but at any rate. So, yeah. So I was like, all right, retirement's getting close. I know I'm not going to need to work full time, but I'm going to want to do something and I want it to be something that I want to do, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at through rose colored glasses. I know I'm not going to wake up every day going, woohoo, I get to go to work, but at least I'm not going to wake up every day going, Oh my God, I got to go to work. You know what I mean? So something that I want to do and if I hate it, well, then I'll go get a job at Walmart and be a door greeter or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's the plan. I figured I yelled at soldiers for all these years. I can go yell at students and say something like, I said the green crayon. How stupid are you? <laughs> Look at the wall till you get smarter.
4: No, no, you can't say that.
5: <laughs> <laughs> but is-
1: you can call them transgender.
5: <laughs> I, I call that's that. That's acceptable. <laughs> Just don't pick a gender. <clears throat> <clears throat>
4: <laughs> that's cool though that's um I, I don't think i know any veterans who decided that they wanted to teach i know a lot of teachers who were veterans but i i don't know that anybody who i would consider consent uh, contemporary um that wanted to go teach so that's really awesome i i i think that's really really cool
2: if the world hadn't flipped upside on its fucking knocker i would right? have if i hadn't <laughs> been fucked up
4: you know, I went to college before I joined the Navy and I chose, you know, I might as well have chose underwater basket weaving as a major. I was a music major and I really had one choice, be a teacher. And I'm like, no, fuck that. I don't want to teach. So I ended up joining the Navy. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, well, and that, so you're like me, kind of,
2: you, you got to learn music theory and all that shit, didn't you?
4: Oh yeah, I learned all of that shit. Yeah, that um, shit
2: was fun, wasn't it?
4: <laughs> it was. It was amazing. But at the same I guess time, I um, where you
1: go to college?
4: Yeah. I, I, at the same time, unless you're actually going to go use it, it's worthless. It's it's yeah. absolutely worthless degree. And I was I was an, an idealistic dumbass, which most eighteen year olds are. So you know.
2: Well, I've got to uh, say, uh, Doug, unlike most people that retire, especially within the last decade that I've heard, um, or, or just get out altogether, you're actually doing something with your education that you use. Like JJ said, most people's are worthless. I don't care what it is. It could be something that's that took you six months to get right. And then you never use it again. Have you seen that a lot as well? Is that like a trend or,
5: um, I think talking to people that retired ahead of me and came back, um, the big thing that I heard from them is definitely get your education in something because nobody cares out there what you did in the Army, you no. know, or Army National Guard. In, in our case, uh, one of my sergeant majors, when he retired, uh, he came back to one of our training meetings and he's like, I know I'm not your sergeant major anymore. But this is, you need to listen to me. And I was like, oh God, here we go again. This guy's still fucking, <laughs>
0: right? Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah.
5: Seriously, I thought my life was going to get better. You retired and you're still here yelling at me. But that's when he came back and he's like, I can't even tell you how many job interviews I've gone on, put in my resume. Nobody cares that I was an infantry battalion command, Sergeant Major. Nobody no. cares. And he said, you got to learn, tailor your resume to whatever civilian career fields you're going in and get a degree in something because that's all they care about. They want to know that you went to college for four years. And so yeah. my degree is a pretty worthless degree as well. Um, I When I called ASU back, Arizona State, and I said, hey, I was a student there about 150 years ago trying <laughs> to finish a teaching degree. And I said, I, I don't want a teaching certificate anymore because I don't want to go be a student teacher. And you have to be a student teacher for a full semester in order to complete your teaching credentials. I said, I just want a bachelor's degree. What's the fastest degree I can get based on my credits that you still have at your school on me? And so she looks it up and we talked about a few different things. And she goes, well, honestly, you don't need very many credits to finish a degree in liberal studies. And I said to her, well, I'm kind of a conservative. Am I allowed to get that degree? She didn't get it. She goes. Of course not.
6: Sorry. What?
5: (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "Oh my god!" So I said, "I'm just kidding," and whatever. And so I did. I wound up taking like another, I don't know, twenty or twenty-six credits, whatever it was, and uh, all online. It was twenty-six credits.
4: credits. Holy shit! That's a lot.
5: Because well, what maybe and maybe it wasn't even that many. I can't remember. I just know it wasn't very many. I I went to school Um, online for uh, like another. I don't know, three semesters, I think, and was taken two to three classes each semester, but it was, it was liberal studies, So this, this degree was just all over the place. I remember I had a class on global warming, although we didn't call it global warming. What did we call climate change or some crazy oh shit, God. whatever the latest term is. <laughs> and, uh, I
6: loved and,
5: <laughs> and I didn't hold back. I kept my conservative point of view when I wrote all my papers and everything, figuring, yeah, let's go to battle with this lib, and it never actually <laughs> happened. The instructors were all pretty, pretty open to my point of view as long as I could justify, you know, why I felt the way I felt. Well, that's um, good. I, yeah, I only yeah, right? I only had one fellow student in one of the group uh, chat things that we had to do online call me a murderer for being in the military uh, it was pretty cool i said oh that hurts my heart that you feel that way or or whatever (laughs) no but it was um it was a um native american history class or not class but that was the the portion that we were talking about and um Does any land in the United States currently really belong to anybody since white people stole it all? Right. That was the premise of this discussion. I was like, oh, God, here we go again. So so I tried to explain that war is different than murder. Like you might not even agree with us going to war, but it's not my freaking choice who I kill. Right. Right. They're they're trying to kill me. I'm going to kill them back faster so I can get home. Welcome to war. Right? <laughs> and that's what was happening as people were coming across this land. Whether I mean, I can agree it was sad, you know, and it's unfortunate. But then so I I posed to this girl. I was like, so which Native American tribe do we give the land back to? Because you know the Navajo and the Apache were fighting well before we ever got here taking right. land from each other. And then we can keep going back further and further. In Arizona, we have a, a really ancient tribe here called the Sinagua. And, uh, you know, and there's all the history about, you know, who they were warring with and everything. So I really got her frustrated. And I was like, well, if it helps you at all, I'm very, very good friends with a guy who happens to be in the military with me named Master Sergeant Amos, lives on the White Mountain Apache Reservation, and he would be more than happy to come take your white home from you. <laughs> nice.
4: Uh,
5: <laughs> no. nice. At any rate, yeah, so then she called me a murderer, and that was pretty much the end of that, <laughs> that <laughs> discussion.
4: Honestly, hilarious. I've seen I've seen online people calling uh, active duty baby killers and shit, and I'm like, yeah. first of all, this is night night not 1968, and second of all, you just are completely clueless you just don't understand no 98 percent of military members in this day and age are not killers at all they're fucking paper pushers yeah. there's a small percentage who's that out I, yeah, there at the pointy the end of the spirit trigger.
3: but <laughs> yeah.
4: most of them are fucking signing paperwork in the fob i mean come on yeah <laughs> i come
6: mean on. It's-
4: <laughs> hey, without supply, the planes don't fly, right? That is true.
6: Yeah,
2: I mean...
1: Hey, without admin, y'all wouldn't get troop replacement. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, Look, I,
5: with, hey, without cooks, I get hangry really bad, and I couldn't be responsible for who I was killing at that point. Right, and, you and you're, be, welcome, Doug. <laughs> you're welcome, in Doug. I am not downplaying any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I am not
4: downplaying those guys who are out there doing combat. Not at all. Yeah. So
5: when I was uh, I did recruiting duty for a while, and oh, you're the, the one in the guard. <laughs> uh, what we we have is what's called the RSP program, recruit sustainment program, and those are all the soldiers that have been enlisted into the guard, but they haven't shipped to basic training yet. And so they, of course, have to come to drill one week in a month, and then we give them classes and prep them for what it's going to be like when they get to basic training. We even have a couple of qualified drill sergeants that walk around in their round browns, whatever. Well, I come straight from the infantry not too long after my, my real deployment. And so I've, I've still got a little bit of an attitude and whatever. But um, I am not the type of guy that preaches, there's only two MOSs in the military, 11 Bravo and support, right? Like <laughs> most of my fellow infantrymen do it. And that's probably because it wasn't my original MOS. Right. I joined the field artillery. The government forced me into the infantry. <laughs> so um, at any rate... So I would get up there and I'd give my classes and I would tell them and I said, you see a lot of us recruiters up here. We have these badges. Of course, I got my CIB on and a lot of my fellow recruiters, some of them have their CIBs and a lot of them had CABs, uh, the combat action badge, because they were something other than infantry. And I said, which of these badges do you think are more important? And of course, all my fellow infantrymen start puffing their chests out and like, yeah, Rose about to let them know. And, I, and of course, there's a couple of kids that they want to be infantry or they enlisted to be infantry. So, of course, they're all, oh, the CIB, because only the infantry can get it. And I said, so you're right. Only the infantry can get that. Let's talk about that for a minute. I have a CIB because I went to Afghanistan and I played with the enemy on the battlefield. Over here, I got somebody with the CAB. Did you get that in Iraq or Afghanistan? And they'd answer whatever Iraq or Afghanistan. And, what, and what's your job? Uh, maybe a 42 alpha hro in the army or maybe a 92 golf a cook whatever i said so and you played with the enemy well yeah i said so you went over there and did my job i think your badge holds more weight than my badge i got paid to go play with the enemy it's what i signed up to do you were supposed to be over there cooking meals when well, people start shooting at you, well, you're going to shoot back. It's kind of a natural reaction, right? You either curl up in a fetal position or you get behind the trigger. One or the other. <laughs> so, And then my fellow infantrymen would just get so pissed off. Come on, man. We're 11 bravos. I'm like, well, technically I was a 13 bravo.
6: Right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, to
2: say that the ones we would run into – didn't seem to have that big of an ego, which is, is a nice change. Um, we also had a spe- special forces team, I believe that, uh, would always stop in at our, uh, cop. I was at cop mead, um, okay. in oh nine and 10, and then they transformed it into a JSS. Um, but if you would go to, A fob or something like you said the egos came out in fucking droves oh my god it was it was never ending
1: (laughs) yeah we had a special forces team also stopping at our at our camp and they were the cool ones it was like (laughs) yeah and he, and it's stupid because they're supposed to blend in, right? But mm-hmm. they're the ones that are walking around in civilians <laughs> looking all <laughs> scraggly and gross. And I'm like, you are not blending in on camp. Like you might be blending in out, out there, but,
6: but not, not in here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you we know good, who you are. I
2: I the the I talked about the the team that was uh that would stop in at cop They're the ones that lost uh their gunner in a rollover. Uh, just outside of our cop and they weren't the quote unquote undercover ones. But you guys remember black Hawk down when they had the like hockey helmets on and shit like that. That's what they wore. That's what our team wore. And you'd see them come in and you're like, look at those dumb asses. And then you'd talk to them, like, Hey, these are cool. Dumb asses. Like <laughs> the ones you could not stand the EOD and they were air force and they were dicks. The only yeah. Air Force people I've ever met that were such egotistical, no remorse, fuck bag assholes. Like you just wanted to punch them in the dick and see if they could squeal. <laughs> like they we said that
3: about uh, our own right here, right now. I mean, come on,
2: man. I'm going to tell you, like there were times <laughs> I was like, next burn pit trip I make, you going with me. Um
6: <laughs> you ain't coming back,
3: and <laughs> yeah, funny thing is is I work with a guy that was prior army and marines and uh e o d in both so yeah he he definitely doesn't have an attitude like that, but yeah you're right, right. our own air force e o d is something to be uh yeah i have to have acquired taste force put it that way
2: <laughs> what was weird for me noticing e o d teams? the ones that got called out the most were army and marines. Air force yep. rarely got called out. And I was like they're attached to us and they're sitting in their chew in PT gear the entire day. <laughs>
3: That's
1: it. That's why it's the air force. <laughs>
5: right they earned the name i can't say
3: anything else i
1: mean
5: <laughs> i mean but i will tell you on on my deployments the the biggest issue that i had was nobody in the military it was the damn uh uh blackwater or whatever yes contractor company they were working for those yep. guys would drive me up the wall they, of course, they're doing the, the security of the fob, right? They want to check all my credentials. I'm like, motherfucker, you see me every day. You right. know who I am. <laughs> if I want to walk through this gate, I'm walking through this gate, right? And then, uh, oh, just their, their attitudes. And then, you know, finally, I, I, all right, I'll check my ego at the door and let me just talk to this guy and whatever, you know, get his story. Every one of them, it was the same one. The army screwed me over. The Marines yep. screwed me over this and that and i'm like especially BT does
1: right let me tell you something about some of those guys mm. so i was there at 304 and probably like three or four months after we got there we got some contractors that arrived they showed up realized there was no running water <laughs> No TV, none of the nice amenities from home. They turned around, got back on the plane, went back
5: stateside. Yeah. They See were it.
1: like, that's it. We're done. I'm like, you're getting paid millions <laughs> of
5: fucking dollars and you yeah. can't hack it. Like, <laughs> Way more money than any of us in uniform are getting right.
2: paid. Our really? contractors. I'm like, you can't hack it. <laughs> at our contractors. I don't remember if they were Blackwater. I think they were the other ones. The Beautiful other.
5: People whatever yeah yeah
2: the the ones that were like the wish dot com of Blackwater um <laughs> they they were the ones in charge of the Ugandans and all, and they had those look, I'm gonna tell you right now, if you want government issued equipment, you're dumb, <laughs> they had these fucking <laughs> Toyota trucks that would go through anything they would you could put a bomb under them and they would continue driving. Were you and in th- Afghanistan? I was in Iraq.
5: Iraq. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um. And the one, there was one guy and every time he would come through the, the serving line, it never failed. He would complain about something. I don't care if we had like surf and turf or ready to make, om- like it didn't matter. And we're in the middle of fucked Egypt, Iraq, right? We're in a tent. And we're on wood cooking for your ass (laughs) and you're going to put us down. right? And and we're we're cooking your fucking food, guy. Like, seriously, you're going to bitch about a hot meal. And then we've got the the QRF teams coming in at like midnight and they're not getting the hot meal because we have to shut the the quote unquote defect down at a certain time and i felt bad for them and then you got this asshole who's basically in his chew all day complaining about a hot meal and i'm like dude really and then he complained about the vehicles nonstop like it was it was relentless i was like dude i i just
1: i complained I complained about the hot meal every other day when we didn't have KBR or anything because <laughs> I hate the, I hate the army hot breakfast. <laughs> like I wouldn't eat it. So it was like every other day I got a hot meal.
2: <laughs> the one thing that I was surprised he didn't bitch about, we, the only running water we had was the showers and that was generators. And we didn't, yeah, we didn't have didn't running. We to- Well, we didn't have running <laughs> toilets. We had wag bags. If nobody knows what a wag bag is, you're fucking be grateful. Um, He didn't he didn't complain about that and the piss tubes, but he complained about these fucking hot meals he got three times a day. Like I just
1: we have wooden boxes for toilets. <laughs> <laughs> and we were burning shit. It was
2: like, I was getting ready to say we burn <laughs> shit too. Uh, that's probably why I've got <laughs> crumbs now.
5: <laughs> like a, we didn't have to like, burn it on our fob, but we did on our OPs.
2: Yeah, we, we had a burn tit on the on the back line and it was I don't remember a day it wasn't smoking. Yeah. Like ever. Um it was it yeah, got, and
1: then people come People here are like, so what's it like in Iraq? I'm like hot, <laughs> and then on a cold on a cold night, they're like, man, I would love to sit by a fire. I'm like, take that fire to 130 degree weather, multiply it by by a thousand,
6: and
2: be
1: like yep. dressed up like it's winter time. And they just look at you like, what?
2: We had yeah, a I'm like that's Iraq. <laughs> I can't remember what was coming in. I remember it was a couple of Blackhawks and in a in a shit hut coming in. And some dumbass had put a lot of chemicals in the burn pit. So it basically looked like we were burning tires on our cop (laughs) and they couldn't land. It was that thick smoke that you you don't want to fly through. It was bad smoke. So they had to, you know, reschedule until three o'clock in the morning. And we're sitting there on the other side of the landing pad and you don't hear nothing. And then all of a sudden, sand kicks up in your face, and you look up and you see this blinking light, and it's two fucking Blackhawks stealth dropping on the fucking landing pad at three in the morning. That shit right there fucks you up for the rest of your life.
1: <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome, though.
2: Well, it's like walking through the woods and you get that cobweb in your face because you're not expecting it. <laughs> And see, we, we've been to Iraq. We that's know like what that sand is like.
1: When we're going to the woods.
2: <laughs> we know what that sand is like. It's not normal sand, it's silt. <laughs> so it's basically a cobweb of dirt in your face.
4: <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> anyway, I'll let JJ and Doug go, go back at it. Sorry. Well, well I just. It's good stuff. That's good stuff yeah no uh you see i told you man we it's barracks talk we just literally <laughs> kind to get around gather around kick the shit tell stupid stories and,
2: yeah we don't like to be that serious if you haven't
4: <laughs> i mean we do we do hit some serious yeah. subjects once in a while and uh and mm-hmm. i know because you are not quite retired i know that you're um possibly limited on on what you can say, but I'm curious if you can talk to us a little bit safely about um, the woke military.
5: Yeah, it's horrible. So um, I just, today, the reason I was down in Phoenix, uh, two reasons I had to go down and we're trying to close out my final um, NCOER and get that all done. But a, soldier who who wasn't one of my direct soldiers he didn't work directly for me um but he worked around me and he was one of the medics um he has since rotated out of the infantry battalion he's over in a military police battalion and he was giving a combat lifesaver course in the combat lifesaver course he required the uh Victims, you know, they had whatever simulated injury they had. And, of course, the person needs to find the injury and, and treat the injury, treat the trauma. And in doing so, you've got to remove clothing. He kept the range in place. He wasn't undressing anybody from the waist below. You know, nobody's underwear came off. Actually, not even their pants came off. He did have female soldiers remove male soldiers' tops. And a female soldier complained about it. Oh and they actually God. brought him up on it. And Are you so kidding I me? went today and I spoke on his behalf. Now, I, I couldn't act as his defense attorney. Right. I can only be there as a like a character reference type person. But it just so happened that I knew the battalion commander. Um, and so I explained to him, I said, sir, I, I can tell you, you know, this, this sergeant has always been a professional when I worked around him. Um, I've never had any issues with him, And I said, you just read what the Jag told you to read that I can, I can speak on his behalf, but I can't be his defense attorney. So, but I'll answer any questions you want to ask me about combat lifesaver course, because I've taken the course a few times and you know, whatever. And then his Sergeant major, which I don't know, um, female, she spoke up and she goes, uh, first, we'd, we'd like to hear your opinion. Okay, now you asked me for it, right? (laughs) So I'm not defending him. I'm simply giving my opinion. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I said, that course is designed to save lives on the battlefield. And on the battlefield, you are going to have to undress people. You don't Mm -hmm. get to choose the gender of the person. You need to put your gender biases aside and just save lives. And I said, even on this last deployment, you know, I wound up getting a really bad hernia. They had to pull my pants and my underwear down. And it was a female medic. And Mm -hmm. the sergeant major just rolled her eyes like, finally like i could see it in her face like somebody with some common sense is speaking <laughs> nice <laughs> and uh, good for her and unfortunately he did do some other stuff in the course though that you know is just yeah, sorry he, nco some things in the in the newer army you got to learn not to say anymore geez. and so he so he he didn't get away scot free but the battalion commander did not hammer him on it and uh, and he specifically said you know i I read your letter and I appreciate you having first on a row here to speak on your behalf. And that has influenced my decision. And uh, so that, that worked out well. So I think there's still an older generation in there that still has more of that, uh, non woke mentality, Mm -hmm. but as the younger generation (laughs) is taking our place, that is becoming the norm, right? So for, for his stuff to even have a, a 15-6 started, right? Now, like I said, he made some other stupid comments. I read the 15-6. He gave it to me. So I knew everything he was charged with. Um, but the basis of it was actually the females having to undress male soldiers. That was the main part of it. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, well, this should have been females, stopped, right?
1: Wait, well, the females one... were offended that they had to remove the shirt of a male.
5: Mm-hmm. That is correct. So...
1: But the males didn't have to remove the shirt of the female.
5: They would have. It was just, it happened to be he let the the people in the class volunteer to be the victim. And all mm-hmm. males volunteered to be the victims. I told him, I said, you know what, Sarn? If I was the one evaluating you, giving that course, I would have gigged you on not having a couple of female victims. Because yeah. females yeah. get blown right. up too. And we got to know how to undress a female and it can be uncomfortable, but I'd Mm -hmm. rather learn it in a training environment than have to do it for real.
2: Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. So CLS is a course that a lot of soldiers take anyway. And we usually took it in a class in a building nine times out of 10. And then after you had that, Sometimes it was a week. I don't know how long it is now, but.
5: The course has been shortened to three days. Oh
2: my fucking God. Okay, that's nice. a fucking tragedy. So they, um, they take
5: the IV stick completely out. You what? don't stick each other anymore. What? No, there is no more so wait,
1: IV. I don't want anybody saving my life that took that class. Uh, no. I'll, I'll call my daughter and have her come out
5: because she. Yeah, they, I mean. <laughs> You get some real high quality training on how to put pressure on a wound.
2: Do they even um, know the nine line anymore?
5: That that is still in there, yes. And tourniquets. They the big push is tourniquets, which is cool. Um, um, I'm all for the tourniquets, but um, I still think we should know how to give IVs to each other.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. another thing about CLS courses.
5: <laughs> all my
1: daughter. She just went through. She still has to take the EMT test, and they're dicking around with her on that.
2: Well, another thing about CLS courses is we in the military usually don't have the luxury of having simulated mannequins or there's a new thing now. And I don't know if you're aware of it or not, Doug, but they have this suit that people wear and it simulates just about every injury that can happen in in combat. Um, It's usually used for operating in the field, but they do it for CLS in certain areas as well. We normally don't have that luxury. So the next best thing is a person with simulated injuries like
4: floppers. Yep. Right. Floppers. Yeah. We did it in the Navy too. You had guys with fucking well, and women, men and women with a uh, uh, silicone, prosthetic injuries mm-hmm. strapped to their bodies.
2: Right. Well it's it's like going to a NASCAR mechanics course, reading a book and saying you're a mechanic. You're not a mechanic. You know how to work on a <laughs> fucking race car. <laughs> that that's literally what they're doing with CLS now. Like and for those
4: don't know that's combat so- lifesaver. Um, I'm sorry, but if you if you do not know how to get to a femoral artery injury yeah and get a tourniquet there yeah like regardless of the sex of the individual if you don't know you've got to get their pants off and get that tourniquet as high in their crotch as possible or they're going to die Mm -hmm. they're gonna die
2: well i remember one of the injuries that that. two of the injuries that we focused on was the one under the shoulder uh, uh, under the armpit yeah and yes, the one at the that groins that right
4: there is brutal yeah
2: the ones at the groins that's the two yeah. that we oh. focused on because that was a lot of what was happening in Iraq when we were getting fucked up going into these goddamn buildings cuz they found out our weaknesses in armor was there and our groins like the, that was the two biggest places so we focused on that not one motherfucker said a damn thing like we had serious we joked afterwards right but in the class, we were as serious as could fucking be. Like it wasn't no, hey, you got a small dick. I see it or anything like that. We were fucking being serious and learning our shit. And the fact that today's military is so woke or whatever that they cannot be professional for three days to learn how to save their battle buddies fucking life is a detriment to the military at the end of the day. Like it, it, there's no if ands or buts about it. I mean, it is like there's I mean, no Doug, going Doug back. You,
4: Doug, you and I are about the same. You're you're younger than I am, and I'm going to tell you that people our age are retiring. They're getting mm. out of the service, and there there are some there are some service members who I know of who are active duty who are. Right, about five years younger than us, who still have some common sense because they learned from the last of the tail end of the mm-hmm. old guard. Yeah, and so they still have some of that. Uh, one, one great one who I'm trying to get on here, Bo, is uh, Troy Ushifer uh, He's chief uh, medic in the Navy, and uh, he is also uh, one of the founders of a nonprofit that does um, search and rescue for. Uh, uh, Traffic, human trafficking victims. Oh, yes. We need to get him on here. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I and I messaged him and I'm going to reach out to Sorry. him via email too. Um, but, uh, but, the, and he's got, he's still one of those who has common sense and he's a good bridge. I like his perspective because he still has some of that old grit, mm-hmm. that old Navy chief grit, but he also has a good perspective on the newer generation. Right. And, and, and I like what I'm hearing from him. And at the same time, he will call woke bullshit, woke bullshit. But, you know.
5: I- and so here's where I say that we we do need to be careful, though, in in pushing it all aside, because there are some new things that I think have greatly improved the military. Stuff that people even older than us would just be like, oh, you're being soft. And where I'm going with that is starting to recognize the individual soldier's problem. Yes. Right? And i mm-hmm. saying everybody just needs to be a, a mini first sergeant row because I made it the first sergeant. So if you just do it exactly like me, you'll make first sergeant. Yep. And it's fucking reality, right? Um, they didn't grow up in my house. They didn't go to my school. They are a completely different human being than I am. Therefore, they're going to take a different path in life. Now I can assist them along and I can definitely tell them when they're making a completely wrong turn, you probably shouldn't use heroin when you're in the military, right? <laughs> I'm not going to let you be an individual and shoot up. okay? Mm-hmm. But, but there's certain but, things but, 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 just, just because I was a guy that liked to fight. I was a wrestler. That's not what made me a first Sergeant, you know, because I, I had that go get them attitude all the time. Um, so, you don't need to be an athlete to be successful in the infantry or the artillery or any other combat arms. I think it it helps a lot if you were, but it's not a requirement. And there's plenty of ways to become successful if you weren't. And so that's kind of an area where I do think we have gotten softer, but it's for the it's better positive man. way. Right.
2: right. Uh, With that, Doug.
6: Before I forget,
2: can I ask you with that, with recognizing individualism, as it were, has it helped recognize mental illnesses and mental um, traumas more? Or has that been about the same as it was when us old assholes were in and it's pushed to the side for the most part?
5: So I think it's getting better. And I think a lot of it has to do with where the command is willing to assume risk on the hua hua training mm-hmm. and have the mental health training. Right. So Arizona, we have just adopted a new program. Uh, Nevada kicked it off. California has adopted it. Arizona just did. And they're trying to push it up to the National Guard Bureau and make it mandatory across all states. Whether that will happen or not, I don't know. But the program is called Purple Resolve. I got pulled um, by our. So in the Army Guard, you have your state command sergeant major who oversees all enlisted. But because the National Guard at the highest point is Army and Air together, you then have a senior enlisted leader, which is recognized to be even higher than the state command sergeant major, even though they're both E-9s, right? So our senior enlisted leader We were in the infantry together. He knew me very well, still knows me very well. Um, And he was the sergeant major to our two-star general. She's getting ready to go to Vegas to learn about this Purple Resolve program, and he can't go with her. And he goes, I'm going to send 1st Sergeant Roe with you. I've met the tag in passing, right? But it's not like I have any reason to go talk to the two-star general on a regular basis. So next thing I know, I'm like, all right, well, I guess I got the two-star's phone number and I'm calling her up to make sure we're on the same flight. And felt a little odd, not going to lie. But I really thought I was just going to another um, suicide prevention training, mm-hmm. which I have nothing against them. But we just beat that horse to death and it's not making a difference. If yes. it was, we would be at 20 a day or 19 a day and not 22 a day. Right. I'm,
2: um, personally, I'm glad to finally hear somebody that's newly getting out say that because I've seen so many say, well, no, you can't blame the, the programs. Look, you just fucking said it. <laughs> I mean, it's well,
5: I, it's the old adage said, death by
2: PowerPoint. Right. Like,
5: <laughs> you're Right. And it's just check the block and nobody cares. They're mm-hmm. like, hurry up and get this class so we can get out to the field.
2: Let's get the fuck and out of here. they really yep.
5: wanted to come forward with their feelings, right? Yeah. Well, at any rate, so um, I go to this training up in Vegas and it was fucking awesome. And what I really liked about it was it's no longer, it doesn't completely put the onus on the leadership about okay. suicide or mental health. It kind of puts the onus back on the individual, but at the same time gives the individual the tools to start dealing with minor issues before they become major issues. Right, it's not one of those, hey, if you need to talk to a psych. Right, nobody just wakes up one day and says, today's the day I start a pistol. Right, Right? today's the day I'm gonna swallow all the pills. Something got them to that point. Probably lots of somethings, right? And so that's what I really liked was this class was recognizing those issues and hey, leaders, here's things to start talking about. Here's how to train your junior leaders. Here's how to train the individual. And the first day I was like, oh, what is this cheese dick shit that they're making me do? And I had to do the breathing exercises, right? I'm like, okay, I'm taking a fucking Lamaze class. Am I having a baby? What's going on here? <laughs> Next thing I know, I was like, okay, don't tell anybody,
2: but that kind of did calm me down. Yeah. Right. And
5: it yeah. worked a little bit. Right. Well, like, all
2: right. <laughs> Another thing on on that, you're you talking about, you know, not putting everything on the leadership, which I don't think we should either. I think some of it, but not all of it. It's going back to the individual, recognizing, you know, your problems before they be ter- turn into major problems, et cetera. Is yeah. it, And I know every case is different because every human is different. Every brain is different, but is it helping as far as leaders and NCOs recognizing, okay, something's up with my soldier. Something's changed. I need to at least be like, Hey, you good. You need to talk. You need this. Is it doing any of that as well? Or is it getting there?
5: So with this new program, it's too soon to tell. My hope is that the answer to that is yes. Yes. Okay. And unfortunately, now that I'm I'm retiring, I'm not going to get to see the full effect of it. Right. Um, what I did, so when I became a first sergeant, you know, every first sergeant and command sergeant major, they have their one thing that they want to focus on, right? Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, most of the time, it's uniforms, and they want to go around and tell people <laughs> their patches. I'm not lying, fuck you, I don't care. But so I'm like
2: my first sergeant. My
5: <laughs> <laughs> so I made my mental health, and I told them that at the change of responsibility. When I was coming into the first sergeant role, I said, my priority is going to be the mental health of the soldier. And so I was trying to find different ways. But the issue I was having was when I was no longer in the infantry, my first sergeant role was at the Joint Force headquarters, which, again, is where the army and air come together up at the, up mm-hmm. at the top. And so I was like, I had very few junior enlisted. The most common rank where I worked was E-7. Right. And then four, right. But I did have some junior enlisted. Well, at any rate, so I'm, I'm trying to work on some different things. And then, again, our senior enlisted uh, leader, um, Sergeant Major Zamora, he was doing an E-9 huddle. And he does them once a year. Takes all the E-9s from the air side, all the E-9s from the Army side. If you're AGR, then you're going whether you want to or not. If you are an M-Day, meaning one week in a month, you got put on special orders or you got to split out your drill. But it was required. So it was a big room. We had lots of E nines in there, um, and he was he assigned certain classes that he wanted people to teach and whatever. And I, I kind of caught him in the hallway, and I was like, "Sir, major, here's a class I'm really trying to put together." And I, I called it "Quality Communication" and how to actually have a real conversation with somebody and recognize that somebody's not going to open up to you with all their problems on day one. You've yep. got to have that shared respect. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we got into a pretty deep conversation. Next thing he goes, Hey, first, sir, I want you to teach that class at the E9 Huddle. <laughs> <I'm like, "Suffin. laughs> what did nice. I get myself <laughs> into? Nice. Right. So I drive down to what's called the Watts. It's uh, uh, just another uh, National Guard post here in Arizona. And it was cool. I gave the class and I had about five E9s come up to me afterwards saying, I want you to come give that class to my brigade. I want you to come give that class to my battalion. And I did wind up giving it a few times. Um, but so I had that, that, and I, I guess that's why he selected me to go to the purple resolve with the tag. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of cool. But like I said, then I was just kind of pulling from all these different areas and trying to put something new together so it would be fresh in their brain instead of the same old suicide awareness PowerPoint. Yeah. Um, the same old resiliency. Let's hunt the good stuff and find the iceberg and all that other, you know, well, the classes that we had for the last fifteen years.
2: It's it's funny you bring up the the suicide prevention awareness PowerPoint, whatever the fuck we want to call it, because it's been through how many names uh, over right. the last decade. When I was deploying, I remember it vividly. We had the government laptops. We had like fifteen of them, and everybody had to sit there and go through this video PowerPoint thing. And I can tell you for a fact, I watched people just clicking through this shit, getting to the multiple choice answers and going on their way. Like nobody read, nobody listened, nobody watched. And even then I was a young soldier and I'm like, this is bullshit. Cause even then I recognized we had problems cause I, I, my family, all that good shit. And when I get got out, and started doing this, it's an even bigger problem. And then you hear the 22 a day and it's like, where's the fuck up? And, you know, all of us here has been through everything imaginable when you get out, when you deploy, when you redeploy and all that. So we've seen basically everybody go through the red tape and, and, and ghost it for lack of a better term. Right. And (laughs) I think like you said it's a good start. It it is. It really is. And and I think I've mentioned it here before. Um even though I I do fault a lot of leaders cuz I've I've seen a lot of leaders just blow the fuck out of the water with it and they don't give a shit, you know. I'm here. Who cares? Um it's not always the leaders and it it does come to individuals. Is there a reason why you think that it's not more known widely that they're doing this Purple Resolve? Is that what you called it?
5: Purple Resolve is the new program that we're adopting, yes.
2: Right. I've never heard of that. You Literally. First so time it, I've heard of it. It's brand new. Okay. It
5: is It is really new. And And so here's where it came from. It's actually developed by law enforcement. So law enforcement had it for a long time and you can uh, Google blue courage. Mm -hmm. So blue courage was made specifically for law enforcement officers who had lost partners or, you know, had to take a life, you know, uh, different things that cause stress on, on law enforcement. Okay. Now fast forward, a, um, Nevada guardsman took his life, his father I don't know how rich this guy is, but I'm pretty certain he's a pretty fucking wealthy dude. Somehow he got married up with the founder of blue courage and was talking about his son and said, we need to do something for the national guard. Mm -hmm. And so they brainstormed, they created this program. They called it purple resolve. They presented it to the Nevada national guard. First, they jumped on it. Um, they feel like it's making their state a better state. And then, you know, all the the two stars on all the different states and territories, they all talk to each other. And so, you know, they call Arizona and whatever. And, hey, you should come check out this program and whatever. And mm-hmm. so I've, I got to meet the people um, that that put the program together. I went and had dinner with the father of the Nevada soldier that took his life and, you know, had a pretty personal conversations with him and whatever. Right. And I think that's what's making it so real is it's not some officer or NCO putting this together, hoping to get a cool bullet on their next evaluation. Yep. It's people that were, that were really involved the family that was really hit by this, you know? So it,
2: it reminds me of objective zero and Oink remind me, we need to get up with Chris and uh, Chris and Betsy and see if they know about purple resolve. Cause that I think intertwined them together and you've, I don't want to say flawless because nothing is flawless in this world, right? I mean, nobody right. right. goes to military
3: at that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, but you know
4: what? That, um, I what I'm hearing is that there is a sliver of hope, and that yes. we can start to see things push in a positive direction because from the VA side. Ain't shit happening.
2: Well, that's but, the thing. But, I was going to bring that up, JJ, because they just spent like $2 million on a let's stop guns in the household for veterans for suicide prevention no, campaign.
4: Oh, God. I've I, got a house full of fucking guns. Ain't nobody blowing their own brains up.
2: I it mean, it has nothing
4: to do with an object.
2: That's, that's my thing. Like if it's not a, if you want to kill yourself and I'm going to say it because I'm we need to say the words, if you want yeah. to do it, you're going to fucking do it. Whether you got a gun, you got pills, you got a fucking cliff to jump off. It doesn't fucking matter. If you want to end your life, you're going to go fucking do it.
4: Yeah. Look, my, my new house, I can go out back behind my shop. I can walk about a hundred yards and step into traffic on I-85. Exactly.
2: yeah
4: Take me 15 minutes at the most.
3: Well, and there. even, yeah. And even then the, the most recent case we had up here that, you know, touched Frosty and, and the team that I'm working with now is, you know, the guy went outside and hung himself in, in a tree yeah. on a base. Yeah. I mean, if there, if there's a will, there's going to be a way.
6: Yeah.
2: And I, I
3: think Time that's
1: one thing. <laughs> I think that's yeah.
2: one thing that absolutely makes me sick to my stomach is how the VA approaches this uh, one that, size yeah, fits that's all.
4: Wrong. Oh, Hey, let's, let's strip the rights of veterans. That'll yeah. keep them from killing themselves.
5: Exactly. No, yeah. that'll yeah. just so, make a more result. Yeah. So I kind of want to bring this around to where we were though. So now let's go back to my soldier that I said, got, got, uh, hemmed up mm-hmm. because I didn't want to take the male soldier's shirt off. This is where I think we still miss the boat as leaders. One, somebody should have said, I'm sorry, that's part of this course. You need to know how to save a life. At the same time, somebody should have pulled her aside, though, and said, why do you have an issue taking his shirt off? Yeah. What trauma happened in that girl's life that she is not comfortable learning how to save her battle buddy's life? Now, that
4: is that is. The piece of the puzzle that I think my generation of veterans is missing. That's the piece of the puzzle. Why does this bother you? Yep. We that's were raised a good to it up,
5: buttercup, and get it done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's in exactly a lot it. of cases, and in a lot of cases, that has to happen. And so when I when I would train new E5s, new sergeants, I would talk to them about leadership and I would tell them in my platoon. When I'm an E7, I have two styles of leadership. You will have two styles of leadership. One I call leadership. The other one I call management. When I am using a leadership style, I want buy-in from everybody. I want your opinions. I want your thoughts. I don't want you to be a yes man and tell me what you think I want to hear. If we're sitting there, we're going to plan out our next mission and how we're either going to walk around this hill or over that hill. I don't care if you're a brand new E1, E2 straight out of basic training. You might see something from a different perspective. I want to know. But when we cross that line and and we are now infantry soldiers going out, your feelings are secondary. I don't care. You're going to do what I tell you. We're going to stick to our plan unless I tell you we're changing our plan. And we're going to do the best to bring everybody back, whether it's a training mission or real life. I will mm-hmm. go in management mode when I need to be in management mode because that's what's going to save your life. Yeah. I think but my- being a manager all the time is going to cost soldiers their lives. Those are the soldiers that feel like they can't approach their NCO. They can't approach their officer because they're just going to be told to shut up and suck it up.
2: Yeah, I, I got to admit, I think my unit, because it's it's the last one I was with and it's the only one I toured with. Um, I know you can, people are going to call them woke and all, but honestly, everything you just said as far as leadership and, and, and doing the things the right way, Um, it's honestly the only unit I ever felt comfortable going to any NCO, any, anybody above E5. Let's put it that way. Like it, it felt like a family, like a unit should personally, I think a unit should feel like a family. I don't think you should have any reservations whatsoever, male, female trash dump. I don't care. Um, but I I hear so many people that are still in to this day and they're like yeah I just can't talk to my blah 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 and I'm like if you can't talk to somebody in your unit something's wrong. I yeah. mean it, something big times wrong. I don't care what your rank is. You should feel comfortable going to somebody that's above E5 and saying look Either I've got a problem, or something's going. You know, whatever you need to talk to them about, you should feel one hundred percent comfortable with them. I mean, even if you're a new soldier, we all have reservations when we're new soldiers, but you should feel comfortably enough to be like, "Yeah, so I need to talk to you." Like, and I got to, I got to give my my unit props. I'm I'm just gonna put that out there.
5: <laughs> That's good though. That's good to hear. Yeah, and you know, I'm,
2: I gotta say I'm lucky. Yeah.
1: For, for some it's not the unit itself that's the problem
2: mm-hmm. i understand that
1: stuff that's it's stuff that's happened prior to them even getting to the unit and that's, and that's what that's i'm saying
2: well that's what i'm saying you you shouldn't be put in a position where you feel uncomfortable with any unit that's mm-hmm. what i'm saying like it, it shouldn't be happening right you shouldn't you shouldn't be in a, in a unit and be like Okay, well, this happened at my last unit. So is it gonna happen at this unit? You, that we we have that conversation. We shouldn't be having that conversation, right? Like
4: see, I fucking love this because I was at the cusp when I broke my back and ended up medically discharging. I was right at the cusp of making E7, and I was right at the position where I was a frontline leader i mm-hmm. been through the training, I'd, I'd done it. I merged a, a department of 65 sailors uh, that started as five and, and had to train them. And, and, you know, I, I, all of a sudden just gained this whole big responsibility. And, um, and then I broke my back and, and I was at a joint command where I didn't have any sailors. I didn't, I wasn't, a, I was a leader, but I wasn't a leader. You know what I mean? It's a joint command and and everybody's floating around in the wind. And my confidants were a sergeant first class in the Army, National Guard and a major in the Air Force from a completely different command. Those were the people I talked to. I couldn't talk to anybody in my own building. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm hearing and what I'm learning from Doug is that when I left, it was right at the I see this as being right at the edge of where we started learning more as a, as a corporate body, yeah. how to take care of that. And this was something I always strove to do was, and I learned it without the terminology is that you need to know your people. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You need to know your people. And we were beginning to call it intrusive leadership back in 2010, 2009, we called it intrusive leadership. You need to know why your uh, E3 or E4 is late by seven minutes every morning. It's because they only have one car in the family and he's got to drop the kids off at school. So are you going to write him up and bust him down? Or are you going to give him a little slack because he's taking care of his family before he gets to work? You know what I'm saying? You Mm -hmm. can, you can be the hard ass or you can go, what's going on with this sailor? Why is this a problem? And then you can adjust his reporting time accordingly. And, and, we were just starting to as a. And seeing my 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 most my most recent leadership class before I went to that joint command was when I was on the ship, where it was far more applicable. And when I went to a joint command where it was army, it was all the services, including Coast Guard and E-6 was. E-5 was probably the lowest rank in the building. E6 was the largest population of non-coms and then everybody else was fucking flag level shit. And so we didn't deal with any of that stuff and I've lost that. And that's something that I've been wrestling with and Doug, you're, you're making connections for me and I'm seeing that there have been some positive changes in regards to leadership, and dealing with the individual service member. And I like that line you, you just drew between a manager and a leader. I really like, see, I like hearing that because that was something that I was processing and I was learning un, subconsciously. And even now at this point in the time where I am in my life, I can see where it's applicable to some of the things I do with the veteran community. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Wow. Thank you. See, this is why I wanted this guy on the show. Bo.
2: See, this is a soundbite I was got, looking for. He's
4: <laughs> got the perspective. Yep. He's got perspective that all us old fuckers are missing.
2: Well, that's, that's what we've been trying to find, right? We've been trying to find someone that's been in recently and just gotten out recently. And although we've had Brad Borders and Ken Murillo and a few others on that aren't completely new to getting out, they're not. What Doug is as, as well, what as I'm, yeah. What um, I like
4: hearing is Doug is Doug. And uh, I okay. got to tell you, brother, man, I'm glad we made this connection. You're voicing the leadership. Experience mm-hmm. and opinions. And yes. You're voicing the shit that because we've been out for 10 years, we, we don't understand you're making that gap. You're filling the gap right now between I can't believe you do it this way and, and what the fuck, are, what's with this woke bullshit. And back in my day, yeah. you're, you're making a bridge and, and, and I'm making connections and going, well, that makes sense. Yes. There's still a lot of nonsense and there is a lot of woke bullshit, but at the same time we were pushing in a leadership direction when we were going to training and when we were working with our personnel, we were pushing in a direction of understanding the individual mm-hmm and I can remember when I joined the Navy while well, your family wasn't issued with your sea bag. And when I left the Navy, hey, what's going on with your family? Yep. Okay. So that transition happened between 1996 and 2011. And now what I'm hearing is what's going on with your family? How can we make sure you can fulfill their needs so that you can perform your duties? Mm-hmm. And that's the, that is the missing piece of the puzzle and where I can see that there might be hope. Because honestly, if you just read what you see in the media, I'm scared for the modern military because uh, they're scared of guns. Yeah. That's what I get told by the media. But what I'm hearing from Doug is, wait a minute, that's not what we're dealing with here. We're not dealing with what they're telling you. What we're dealing with is we're learning how to deal with the individuals so that they can perform as a group. Right. Rather than telling the individuals you have to be part of the group and then leading the group. And another thing I want to
2: shed light on with Doug, we've had Chris from Objective Zero on before, and he is an officer. We've had Dave Libby on, he was an officer. What sets Doug apart from those leaders is first sergeants were grunts at one point or another. They worked their way up. They they started out at E-1 and, and worked up, right? So he got to see what it's like to be a soldier, transition into a leader, and then he got to take what he learned as a soldier, apply it as a leader, and and do what he wanted to do, obviously, the mental health aspect. And that's another thing I've wanted here on this show, um, on DV Radio in general. Um, and And it's hard to get that because a lot of people don't, don't want to come on and talk about these things for whatever reason. And I want to thank you and and tell you how appreciative I am. And I know all these listeners are going to be, uh, because I'm, I'm probably going to section this off after I make it into a full podcast and, and have this, this whole portion standalone so everybody can hear it because I don't think anybody realizes what you've told us tonight, like JJ just mentioned, and, and man, you
4: just made light bulbs go off. Yeah. Like, Holy It was fucking fireworks show in my head. Holy shit. And it's this not is where all that was going. Holy shit. Right. And it's not
2: that we're closed minded. We obviously are not. Um,
4: <laughs> no, it's that we didn't, we didn't make those. Conne- we weren't we, there to make the connections. And we can't because
2: we don't have anybody to tell us, Hey, look, this yeah. is what's actually happened versus what you actually are being told. So Doug, again, what you, Doug, just thank did, you.
4: what you just did, brother is you gave some crusty fucking, <laughs> uh, jaded veterans a little bit of hope that maybe there's some salvation and there maybe there is hope. I mean,
2: damn. Doug's over there going, get off my dick already.
1: (laughs) on uh, the crusty part and speak for yourself
4: <laughs> Google we know you're jaded I mean we don't even need to bother with you we're just like yeah jaded. Google's gonna be jaded. like fuck that's it that's
1: why I said just crusty
0: and-
4: <laughs>
2: yeah jaded <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh, Oh, man. I got to tell you, Doug, I I knew we needed to have you on the show and I didn't know why, but I knew we needed it.
2: I told told JJ uh, last night because I missed your email and I missed his message. And I was like, give me an introductory on introducing him and then I'll let you take over the show. He it's told like me you were a wood turner. <laughs> I didn't expect this, and, and I appreciate it on so many levels, brother. Seriously, well, truly that, thank you. know you. what?
4: Let me tell you something, and this is why I'm probably going to start doing a show with veterans who do woodworking, and then we're gonna expand other arts. But this is why is Doug's a wood turner. I met him as a wood turner, but I saw in what he does and how he talks to the the other wood turners and what he shares, I saw that this guy has some perspective and your voice tonight, Doug, things that I've been wrestling with for years in regards to my approach to veterans and mental health and service dogs. And you've just made some connections and made some lights go off in my head and made some things go. I mean, it's going to take me three days to figure, to think through everything that we've talked about tonight because I had well, well, let me put it this way. I had reached a point where I was like, fuck this shit. I'm just going to turn wood. And now I'm thinking, okay, I need to step back into the veteran community. I need to step back into the mental health aspect. I need to reach back out and and be more supportive because I have stepped away. I have backed off because of how egregious social media has made interactions. And all of a sudden, I've got hope again because I'm hearing from somebody who was just there. What's going on in the active duty military? And I'm going, wait a minute, there are actually positive changes occurring. We may not see it in the VA because the VA is still 15 years behind because that's how bureaucracy works but on active duty i'm what i'm hearing is that there is actually focus and there is actually hope and there is recognition from the top levels that hey we need to start dealing with the individual service member the soldier the sailor the airman the marine the coast guardsman the space cadet whatever they're called
3: guardians
4: guardian the guardian <laughs> Uh, that's some uh, shit from galaxy. fucking destiny right there <laughs> <laughs> but ah uh, oh, man see i knew i needed to get this guy
5: on the show this this oh, is God, why God, 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 and uh i'm i'm never shy to give an opinion sometimes it's offensive sometimes it's well taken i guess i'm well taken.
4: But, offense uh, offense is a personal choice
2: look brother <laughs> As long as There's you're not blatantly racist as long as you're not blatantly racist and not putting people down that's not in the media or that doesn't deserve it rightfully obviously I don't care like what DB6. you say yeah like dv6 <laughs> um I it, we don't care what you say and we will back you up I'll tell you that right now so don't worry when you're here <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, it's good this to know. is a safe space.
1: <laughs>
4: you're,
2: in, you're in the safest dysfunctional space on the internet.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, it's a safe space for the dysfunctional people. Yeah,
4: it's a safe space if you're fucked up. Oh shit.
2: So, oh where are we going from here? Because it's ten
4: o'clock and I've got to eat. <laughs> Yeah, I think first of all, let me uh, let me do this, Doug. Thanks for taking the risk of coming on with a bunch of retarded vets and and uh, uh, I mean because you know you you told me I'm still not technically retired and and there are people who are out for me because I don't pull any punches. But you're exactly the person we needed to talk to tonight.
2: 100. percent
4: I'm sorry things got a little. Well, it didn't get heavy, but it did get serious. Yep. But, but, you know, at the same time, from the perspective of somebody who's been kind of uh, in the trenches and the veteran side for the last six or seven years, um I'm feeling like holy that sh- there is hope. I feel like there's hope, and I feel like the things that we hear, through the channels that we hear them from and 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 looking at this woke military and, and feeling the discouragement we feel, I think we're we're not hearing the whole story. And when you hear the whole story, yeah, there is some real nonsense going on, and it is there is some ridiculous shit. But at the same time, there is some really good, really positive, and really uh potentially um, I, I for lack of a better word, empowering things going on in the military that could improve the way the military works and the way that the military achieves the mission and would bring us a class of veterans who are better prepared to deal with post-military life. And one of our biggest challenges as veterans is what do we do about the fact that 22 of us a day are opting out? And what I'm hearing is that something that I've been saying for years is it's got to start on the service level and active duty is it is starting. 100%. Yep. Maybe it's got a long way to go. But at the same time, there are people in leadership positions in the military right now who are saying, wait a minute, we've got to fix this so that we lower that number. And that well, gives me hope. So thank you.
2: To add on to what JJ just said, if not now, when, if not you, then who?
6: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, it's as simple as that. And I think we've waited way too fucking long to tackle it, but I'm glad to see something is being done. Finally. And I,
4: Doug, I want to ask you, uh, I want to make a request of you first and foremost. I want to ask you, not to be a stranger. Yep. Regardless of the of the wood turning aspect or anything. You're a veteran, you're a brother, and you have some great insight and you th- you're thinking about the things that we've been wrestling with. So I want to ask you one, don't be a stranger. And two, bring, please, please, if you know of other. People who are in active duty or recently retired, but who are of the same mindset or who are doing the same kinds of things, who are striving to change the military experience so that the veteran experience is better. Because that's what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, um, is that because what you're doing is you're you're looking at where you're not always going to be a soldier. So you're looking at the person. And that's not the way I was trained. I was trained to be a sailor and I was a sailor and I was looking at the sailor. Mm-hmm. Um, please, if there are others who are, are following the same lines and, and mental health is an, is is a major focus and things, please bring them our way, please. Because this is a beacon. This is like, I'm less like, damn, how did I trip over this interview? Because Damn. Right. So please, if you've got other if you've got brothers and sisters who you think would would also bring a great uh, voice into this conversation, please throw them our way, please. And don't be a stranger. You're you're welcome here. This is family. And uh, if you've got something new or if you've got an idea or if you see something we're doing and and want to weigh in, please. Um,
2: you have an open-ended invite, is what JJ is trying I, to say. On yeah, I, I don't think, I, yeah. I mean Radio. I hate to
4: I hate to speak for Bo, but at the same time, fuck that. Come <laughs> talk to DV Radio, please, because this is the kind of positive. Uh, uh, this is the kind of positive thing that the veteran community absolutely needs. And I'm I'm when I got out when I was medically discharged, it was the end of the world. Yes, and that's not what I'm hearing from you. I'm hearing that the world is just beginning and we're going to make sure you have the tools to get there.
5: Yeah, just closing one door and opening another one. That's
4: not where I was when I got out. You, you and I talked a little bit about it. And now I'm hearing, well, that's not what we're doing to the kids today. And no. I'm just like, that's what I wish had happened for me. Right. <laughs>
2: um. I know they say awesome. too little, too late, but it's never too late in my opinion. Um, Look, like you I may said, not I,
4: have been able to save a life yesterday, but that doesn't mean you can't save 10 tomorrow.
2: Right. That's true. And like I said, I, I know it's gone on for way too long, but I'm glad something's finally being done. Um, we may not be able to change the world, but if we can save one life, if we can change one mind for the betterment, we've done our job. And that's worth way more than mm-hmm. any of you can ever pay me in a check. I don't need a check. That right there I, is worth more than money, home, food. I don't yeah. give a shit.
4: I got to tell you, the the handful of emails that I've received from veterans telling me that what I taught them saved their lives mm-hmm. is the only reason I still bother. Yep. But now I've got a little bit of inspiration, and I'm like, well, damn, things actually could be better.
2: Yeah, they um, they
4: are pushing better. Maybe I better get back. You know, get my feet wet again. Yeah, I mean seriously. Right now, tonight, I'm going from jaded to. Wait a minute! (laughs) Like, damn it, Doug! You fucking gave me some inspiration. You (laughs)
5: glass half full or glass half empty? You get to decide how you want to (laughs) look.
4: You You some of a bitch, (laughs) motherfucker! Damn it! (laughs) Like I don't have enough on my plate, motherfucker.
2: Well, um, before we take this into midnight, uh, JJ, you have said your last word. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm done. cutting you off. Um, i
4: and I'm spent.
2: Last call. Um, oink. Anything else you'd like to say to Doug or ask Doug?
3: Nah, like everybody's already said it, man. Appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience. Cause like you said, most of us have been out for a while and, uh, you know, yeah, I still work on base and and see some of the the shenanigans that's going on. But at the same time, I'm hoping that stuff trickles down up here in Alaska and finally reaches us and, and actually can see some of the benefits of that because, like I said, recently, we just lost somebody in the shop that I work at. And, you know, he was just newly separated from the military and had his whole life ahead of him with kids in the whole nine yards. So, you know, to lose one is a tragedy, but to leave the behind, you know, your children and wife and everybody else is struggling now because of that man that hits home close, if you know what I'm saying. So, um, you know, I'm glad this, that stuff is happening, you know, and like like you said, it's giving us hope, you know, for down the future. But uh, again, thanks for coming on. And for the brothers and sisters out there that are struggling, if you haven't done it yet, please, we implore you to head over to ObjectiveZero.org. Check those folks out. Download their free app because you never know when you're going to need to talk to somebody. And there's always an ambassador standing by 24-7 to help you through just about anything and everything that you could ever want to talk about. So, again, head over to to ObjectiveZero.org and check them out.
2: 110%. Google, do you want to say anything to Doug or ask him anything else?
1: No, I'm kinda on the same plane as everybody else. Like it's been said. Right. I I mean, it's it it is time and you know what? No, actually, it does give me hope because um so I'm pretty sure that my daughter's boyfriend is shipping to boot camp in September and he just joined the National Guard. it's
2: funny you say that, Google. You guys remember Jack Nasty? Yeah. His oldest daughter is getting ready to join the air force. So I'm right. like you that what, what Doug has said tonight, It's and, and JJ, obviously annoying. It it's hope that.
1: Right. And, and like he's going in, into the medical field. Um, I oh, mean, he's wow. an EMT right now. And so he wants to, <laughs> you know, continue on with that, even if it's just national guard, um, I already gave him hell for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course. He's the one going to the guard. Hey, look. You but- <laughs> character.
5: makes <your> guards <laughs> been so much tougher.
2: I was being ready to say, look, look at here.
5: I love that nasty
1: guard. <laughs> They're nasty girls. <laughs> um, but, it, it, yeah, it definitely shows that, you know, the woke stuff needs to go, but at the same time, other things are being done that I think need to overshadow Right, how we feel about the wokeness,
2: um, Doug. Is there anything else you'd like to say to us, to our listeners, whether it's what we've talked about here the last uh, hour or your wood turning or anything?
4: I was going to say, yeah, we didn't even talk about fucking wood
2: turning. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this turned Fuck into a, this turned you know into what? suicide
6: prevention.
5: <laughs> yeah, wood turning's a, a fun hobby, and it, it is my it. What I did not start it. With the intent of it becoming my therapy, it definitely has. It is my place where I go to just say fuck it and forget about everything for a little while and head out to the shop.
6: Uh,
5: You and and I will talk about that in the future. But what what I would want to share with your listeners is this, what we've kind of touched on. Just because I call something woke doesn't mean it's woke to you. Mm -hmm. Right. So so try to see things from other people's perspective as well as your own perspective, not telling you to throw your perspective away. But if you can understand why Doug sees it this way, even though you don't see it that way, but why does he see it that way? Then you'll start to understand Doug a little better and you'll be able to recognize when Doug is having issues because you might understand his thought process on things. So that'd be one thing. The other thing that I would want the listeners, especially our our veterans that are already out, that don't necessarily have that battle buddy every day, they're not going to their squad or their platoon or whatever, have that civilian friend understand Whatever your plan is. Like I said, none of us wake up one morning out of the blue and decide we're going to suck start a pistol. Something led us up to that point. When we're in a sound mind, we're not influenced by drugs, we're not influenced by alcohol, we're not influenced by anger or sadness, we can make a sound decision. But when alcohol, drugs, anger, sadness take over our brains, That's not that person making that decision anymore. It's that emotion or that chemical change making that decision. So if I tell my wife, hey, if you see me starting to go down this road, please help me. Because at that point, I can't help myself. The anger has taken over or the sadness has taken over. And that's why I need you to reach out, grab me.
2: Yeah, 100% I think, mm-hmm. I think a lot of, uh, especially our, our generations have got it in their we head. that
4: hook, We need to hook this man up with Chris and Objective zero. Yeah, that, <laughs>
2: that, that, that's, that's what I, I want to do. Um, <laughs> I, I think a lot of us have, have got that mentality of, you know, I, I don't need to talk about it to everybody and nobody's going to understand. It doesn't matter if they understand or not, have somebody to catch you when you fall it doesn't matter who they are, what they've been through, what you've been through. You need to have that net. You need to have that, that, uh, that stump bag to fall into. Right. So,
4: well, and, and what he's saying is something we say all the time, but, but we all fail to do pick up the phone, mm -hmm. reach out, call, get back on the fucking dv radio i mean i'm guilty myself until two weeks ago i was like blah, 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 blah. that i finally when, come back on for the fester reunion and i'm like holy shit i miss this
2: when, when we all I, gave jj i have JJ been Hill. missing this
4: <laughs> when we all i gave have JJ been Hill, missing Hill. this you know yep. uh, that's just it pick up the phone reach out talk to the next door neighbor no but but stop isolating yourself
2: Yeah. Uh, And Doug, I I meant it when I said you have an open invite. Yeah. If you want to come on now, bro, you're stuck. If you want to be, if you want to be a host with us and, and, and be dumb, um, come, come, you know, just, just
4: just join us. Not every night. is like tonight, this, we got into a great conversation, but sometimes we just talk about stupid shit and we're, we're fucking
5: retarded.
2: Normally, (laughs) normally, uh, we would have a stupid junk in the news the last half hour, but, uh, we overshadowed that tonight. Um, it
4: was so, a better cop. Nothing against you, Google, because we love stupid <laughs> junk in the news. Believe me, we love stupid junk in the news. But this was a really good conversation.
1: It was. And that's why I didn't bother Bo about it. I was like, <laughs> well, no, this needs to be said. This is more important than than the news that hasn't been done in a few like, weeks. Because I just yeah, like this,
4: it. like this podcast, I will be sharing everywhere i will be pushing the fuck out of this podcast this is such a great conversation (laughs) holy shit
2: i have a thing uh that i've been trying to bring back uh for dv radio um it's called audio bites and it's Mm -hmm. little video bits that i put up on facebook and if twitter will accept the damn video i put it up on Mm -hmm. fucking twitter um and and this is definitely going to have quite a few sound bites and i'll um, get a call
4: into elon and see what we can do
2: Oh, he 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 he! No, he decided
1: to pull out. I was going to
2: say he is the most expensive pull out game ever in history. You
4: know what though? I think it's game. I think it's game. I think (laughs) um, he's fucking. I think what he's doing is fucking with him to lower the price.
2: Right. I think Um, he's going
4: to end up owning Twitter.
2: uh, But again, Doug seriously you you are part of the family now you you done You're, you yeah, done fucked up you
4: done joined the brotherhood now you, motherfucker you done oh, fucked
6: up right.
2: uh, <laughs> um
4: we're
3: we not will. bad std you can't get rid of us <laughs>
4: well there is a cream for it but it's really
3: expensive. oh you can calm us now but you ain't getting rid of
6: us. <laughs> right?
2: hey jj you need to send him the uh butt herders ad that i made a few years ago <laughs> oh dear lord i don't even link um, to that <laughs> um uh, we will get you linked up with objective zero, uh, for sure, because, uh, that, that'll be, that'll be a good combination Honestly, there.
4: I see, I see Doug on the board. Yeah. He's got some perspective that needs to get into that app.
2: 100%. Um, I really do. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think you'll like Chris and Betsy as well uh they're they're great people the whole team at, at odds is great they've been we've been with them and they've been with us since before they were in app they were just a little measly kickstarter um so
4: was he a a captain in the army is he a i ca- think he was a captain i think he i think he, he retired as
2: i think he retired major. as a major yeah yeah, yeah. He retired like, as a major. Well, well, he got we a promotion. Yeah,
4: I think he was a captain.
2: Now I, I was yeah. trying to do the timeline backwards because I couldn't remember. But yeah, he he got a promotion yeah. while since we've known him. So, um, yep. it's 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 been a minute. Uh, <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh I my got, God, we sound like old bastards. I,
2: I was getting ready to say I got a few more gray hairs since this show began. Um, <laughs> got to take my nap too. Uh,
4: <laughs> I did that earlier today, so I could be here tonight. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you but, kids uh, get
4: off my lawn.
2: <laughs> but, uh, again, Doug, thank you for coming on. Um, if you want to come on next week, just let JJ know and we'll get you in here, brother.
5: I sure appreciate it. Thank you. Um, appreciate it. Thank
2: you. 110%. Like I said earlier too, we've got the, uh, post pinned on DB Farm's Facebook page. I'll put the graphic and the link to DV6's PayPal on the website uh, probably tomorrow. Cause I am beat and I'll probably just game until I fall asleep. Um,
6: <laughs>
2: um, but, uh, we, we do need your help. If you're in a place to donate, uh, to help get him out to Colorado and then back, obviously, uh, if, if you can throw a few dollars for food, that would probably make him happy too. Uh, like I said, he lost every, every bit of food that he had in his refrigerator. Cause his refrigerator shit the be bed as well. Um, and it's it's better to get to that PayPal because he can he can have direct access to it right here right now, uh, per se. So uh, this I'm not is
1: like the road trip from hell.
2: Oh, <laughs> let me tell you, Jesus fucking Christ, y'all don't know the half no. of it. Let me tell you, y'all no. just it they is, they getting a sixteenth of a tenth of it. That's what they getting.
1: <laughs> it's, honestly, I feel like this year's road trip is. All road trips turned into one.
2: Yeah, it really is. It's the, I'm not going to say worst, but it's in the top most horrible road trips we've taken, that we've had taken place since the DV yeah. farm started in 2015. And we've had some shit stuff happen. If you ain't been following <laughs> this, we've had some shit stuff too. So... And it's not because we yeah. are are fucking trash people. We planned this shit for how long now? Almost a year oh my God. for this one.
1: I know. And well, and then the whole refrigerator thing.
6: Oh, my God. It was,
1: it was working for the two weeks ahead, before the road trip.
6: But
2: I'm, it's I'm, been
1: working like this whole fucking time. And then day one, <laughs> he calls me the next morning. He's like, the refrigerator's dead. I'm like, what?
2: Just so you know, we looked at it, it's ran through propane or some shit. It's not a normal fucking refrigerator.
1: I know. Want to
2: That's done. also oh, why anyway. a brand new one is gonna cost like two grand. And I was like, yeah, go get you one at Walmart. <laughs>
6: yeah.
2: Um, yeah. but yeah, we, right. we need to end this show before we keep going. Um, thank you all for <laughs> listening. Uh for Doug Rowe, retired first sergeant, and I don't care how woke you are, Doug, you will never be a t-shirt. Okay, you'll never be one. Um <laughs> Uh, For Doug, for Oink, Google, JJ, I'm Wood. You just heard Barracks talk right here on WDVRdvRadio.net. I need to find the outro music because I totally forgot to cue it up. And I am an idiot. And I am just filling time until I find it to insert it right here. Until next week, (laughs) Budsicles. Bye-bye.
5: Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter.
6: That's all, folks. Goodbye, motherfucker! <laughs> TV Radio.